Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And Sergei Bobrovsky, who's like... Does Bobrovsky have vibes even? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's he's probably like... I'd say he's the most underrated weird guy in the league. We don't get okay. enough uh, appreciation for just how weird he is. But he's he's strange. Like, he'll post videos of himself, like fist pumping on like a stationary bike with like some weird guy sitting next to him like outside of a Russian hut somewhere while like blasting Russian techno music. So like and, really weird. Yeah. Just like standard goalie weird. He was doing, did you guys see? He was like, he put his foot up on the ceiling on a cruise ship last summer. So he was in the splits with his foot up on the ceiling and he was like, once again, fist pumping to like Russian techno music. Big fist pumping guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Welcome to Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, a drinkable podcast you can taste. I am this week's host, Chris Gear. I'm here with Drew Johnson, Cam Hasbrook, and our guest, Kat Silverman. This is episode 42 overall. We'll call it the David Backus episode, I guess. Whoa. What, season two, episode two? Episode two. two yeah. uh, Sure, we're gonna call it episode two. It might become three. At we're, some point. we're not. I don't know. The the Friday episodes yeah. are not. We're not gonna count them. Uh, first of all, Cat, how you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I feel like the farther we get into 2020, like the less I'm able to process people speaking to me. So, but I'm other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty okay. <laughs> what about you guys? <laughs> You're on a podcast where we're going to be speaking to you, so mm-hmm. I hope you get used to it. It's hard to follow up. Yeah. I'm setting I'm setting the expectation right now. So I, I think the listeners' expectations are already really, really low for us. So you're on the right podcast. All right, all right, Cam, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I used to kind of go off what Cat was saying. I feel like we're in year 12 instead of month 12 of just like screaming into the void for 2020. So hey, we're in the home stretch here. Let's let's get after it. What you drinking? Oh, Cam? I thought Drew was gonna follow. Up with <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am drinking a Finder New England Double IPA, uh, and I don't even know what the brewery is here. So let's figure it out. Uh, oh, Finder is the brewery. Oh no, sorry, it's Shipyard. Never mind, I'm an idiot. It is <laughs> it a like Shipyard Finder New England Double IPA. I don't know. On the side we of the run a can, tight ship it's a big, here. bold, hazy, and juicy. And I said, I like all four of those things. So here we are. Let's give it a taste. First of all, good beer. <laughs> we know how this goes. Drinkability. Uh, an IPA. Double IPA. Pretty drinkable for a double IPA. Goes down relatively smooth. I'm going to give it like a 28. Very solid for a double IPA. Taste. Certainly big. Cam has now finished half of his beer. Not sure if it's bold. <laughs> it's big. It's, it's somewhat bold. I'm going to give it a uh, like a 31 for taste. So decent, but for a double IPA, it, it doesn't explode in your mouth as far as flavors go. 
I think that's the highest total rating we've had for a double A. Uh, I thought you meant in general, and I was like, didn't you hit a back-to-back 37 last week? And yeah. But yeah, I think that is pretty. Yeah, the highest combined for a double, probably. But good beer, yeah. Cool can too. It's got like an elevation map thing on it. Actually, I think it's like a, a topography map. Thing. It's got like tanks on there and shit. Apparently, I don't know what's going on to be honest with you, but it looks kind of cool. So there you go. <laughs> Great, <laughs> awesome. True. I'm drinking an omission lager. I'm dead, like 100% sure I've had this on the podcast before. I don't know if I've ever rated it, but it's a gluten-free beer. Yeah, I'm going to say you could definitely taste it. It is a little bit heavy, a little on the heavier side, but it is drinkable at the same time. So I'm going to go like 27 across the board. Let's give let's give uh, John Moore some love. I, the only time we'll <laughs> give John Moore some love. Yeah, it's the one and only time you're going to hear that line on this podcast, so... <laughs> Kat, do you have a beverage? Um, I do, but it is non-alcoholic uh, in keeping with my very rarely drinking. Um, like I said, I'm not processing very well this month. It's uh, It's been a long month. It's been a long year, so I'm drinking a peppermint mocha latte. Holy shit. Let's go. <laughs> it, is, it is not just. It's the, the peppermint stick coffee Keurig pods from Target, uh, from their Good and Gather brand, and then... The, I forget which creamer it is, but it's one of the creamers that's also made in a peppermint mocha. So I'm like overloading on Christmas right now. Sounds pretty tasty. Which I, yeah, it's a 37 taste, 37 drinkability. Um, nice. <laughs> just because it's it's my happy place. I figured I'm I'm already like, it's been a long day. I've been up since about, well, actually I've been it's up since It's about to get a whole two. lot longer. Uh, yeah, yeah. My daughter woke me up at two this morning. Went, mom, mom, mom. I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And she said, I love you. I was like, cool, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so, so I'm extremely tired right now. So this is this is my lifeline right now. I think if I drank a beer, like I'd, I'd face plant into the keyboard right now. So, so that's where we're at. Um, that's pretty much the content that people expect when they tune into this podcast. So face planting into the keyboard. I think that surprisingly would be the first time, but not not very far off. All right, I'm rocking a Stone Chocaveza, uh Mexican hot chocolate Imperial Stout. Ooh. See how this goes. Oh, you can taste that. Yeah, you can definitely taste that. It's like uh, 32. Drinkability, we're on like an 18. I do not want to drink many of these. This is uh, 8%, mm. and it is... It's got a bite to it. Like burrows. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'm hosting, so I should probably like lead us off with some stuff. Um, I guess we mentioned it on the content on Friday, but I don't know if anyone listens to that. I wouldn't suggest listening to it. Uh, <laughs> I would highly recommend not listening to it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to it. Um, Why not? <laughs> but uh, we, I guess we're likely to get an NHL season. Uh, oh, yeah. supposedly 56 games starting January 13th would seem it seems really soon I don't know if I believe that I'll believe it when I see it but there's a reason for optimism I guess maybe not so much in terms of how they're going to handle the pandemic during it but um, I, I like the idea that there's going to be hockey I'm not I'm still not sure it should be played but sans bubble at least um, but uh, where where y'all where are y'all sitting how you how you feeling feeling about hockey season right now? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Like 
there's a little bit like, oh, should they even be doing it? But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped that hockey's gonna be back. I'll watch on TV. I, if if they allow people at games, that's something I definitely don't agree with. But uh, I'm excited to be able to watch it on TV. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we kind of discussed this like the first time hockey came back. I think there is like a space to to equally be excited to watch hockey again and also be like, yeah, but like, should we really be doing this? And I think that's an important conversation to have, but I don't think you should be, like, shamed for being excited that, you know, like, the sport that we all, like, love and do this podcast for, allegedly, uh, is going to be back. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think there's there's room to be excited to watch it again and also be like, hey, but remember how, like, this pandemic is still going on and it's, like, worse than it's ever been. Maybe not the most important thing to go on right now. And separately, I saw some reports I haven't looked into it too much, but that the NHL might be privately purchasing a bunch of vaccines for everyone involved in the operation, which kind of, again, is like, well, so, like, cool, hockey's going to be back, but, like, maybe that should go to other people before the whole NHL. Supposedly Uh, not jumping the line. Uh, There was a caveat that came out, like, six hours later that was like, whoa, 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 whoa," after the backlash. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, no, 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 we're not jumping the line or anything. When it's widely available. After everyone else gets it, yeah. Which is, what, July? Why does that make sense? But also also in time for the January 13th start, because that's not what I'm hearing from, yeah. Mm. They'll retroact, they'll they'll pay for it in July after getting it in January. So they're not jumping the line by paying for it when they should be getting it. They're just going to reverse retro vaccines. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The thing is, they wouldn't be buying it from, like, a country or anything. They'd just be buying it from these companies that own it, and that is why, like, the rich will get it first, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's Capitalism. It's funny that they think there's, I think it's super cute that they think there's going to be a season when we're literally watching the World Juniors fiasco play out as they're announcing all this news. Like the plane situation with, uh, it's what, Finland, Sweden, and Russia are on one plane, the Czech Republic, oh, who, Germany, I think, and then Slovakia maybe are on another plane, which first off, three teams plus all of their equipment on one plane, like, fuck out of here. Sorry. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> That's you. They're having trouble with the weight to begin with. Like they're not able to get all their stuff there. They're gonna have to stop to refuel twice on their way to Edmonton. That's crazy. Like I've I've done an intercontinental flight. You shouldn't have to stop twice. What are they doing? Um, so it's really stupid. excited for their stop in Iceland. Right. <laughs> so it's it's super stupid. Like they're cramming all these countries together onto one plane. Like the the Sweden Finland Russia plane fascinates me because it's a country that claims there is no pandemic that won't tell anyone how often they're testing their players won't tell anyone if any players have tested positive uh thank you russia um then you've got finland who's been doing everything right and like trying to keep it together and then they're shoving them with with like drunk russia here and then sweden who are trying to like wheel back all of their freedoms uh but they're they have some of the worst case numbers Per herd capita, immunity like, country. Yeah, the, the herd immunity is failing. And so I think that's fascinating. Like, I don't know how they got Finland to agree to it. I know the, I think it was the Czech Republic was super mad about it. A Finnish outlet 
accused Hockey Canada of being the ones who booked the planes for them, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there was like there was a Whoa, Finnish news outlet Canadians. pointing fingers at Canada. So World War Three is going to start over the World Junior Tournament, is what I'm hearing. Like this apparently, is be... <laughs> Junior everybody, World War Everybody III. thought it was going to be the U.S. and Iran in January. Little did they know it's going to be the <laughs> pandemic and the hockey. And and to be fair, if Canada's going to start a World War to over anything, fair, it's probably over it's hockey. Be gonna be over that i just i don't think it's gonna happen like i don't think the world juniors is actually gonna be able to play out the way they think it will well because of the world war and so <laughs> and then john john beecher uh, bruins prospect won't be at fault for him and his roommate getting kicked off the team. oh she ran away my oh. child keeps like sneaking so she's right next to the camera and then running away yes ma'am waiting for the guest appearance that's awesome she she doesn't want me sharing what she just said <laughs> um <laughs> but no, like, I don't know why they think the NHL season's gonna gonna move forward without any delays when the QMJHL hasn't figured their stuff out. College hockey's going only marginally better than college football, where we just watched uh, here in Arizona that Battle of Arizona game, the Territorial Cup, where ASU, like, curb-stomped U of A 70-7, to and that was ASU's third game of the season. Yeah. They've only gotten to play three, so... <laughs> I don't know why they think the NHL season's gonna gonna work super well without some sort of bubble, but that's okay because I know that credentialing wise, there's no way they're gonna have us in the press box. So I'm fully resigned to watching games not on my TV either because Hulu has dropped Fox Sports here. So I guess I'm I'm gonna be watching it via listening to it via radio if it ever happens. I'm not I'm not super pumped about it as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Grinch here. <laughs> no, I think it's reasonably, like, hard to, like, to, to have trouble getting excited for something like this when it's, like, again, you look at where we are and, like, you know, like, six months ago we were like, think of where we could be in six months, and now it's like, oh, we're worse. Like, I kind of saw it coming, but, like, <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't feel great. So it's understandable for sure. Kat, regardless of whether or not you're going to watch the games, I have a feeling you've seen all of these unreal CCM setups that they're building for the goalies. So, so I've I've seen them. I've I've seen them. I have very strong feelings about goalie gear brands. So, I'm not I'm not a huge CCM fan. The only brand I like less is is Vaughn. So, I think they they look okay. I've been kind of bummed that Brian's hasn't really been rolling out a whole lot of gear. We haven't really been seeing a whole lot of setups out of them, probably because they're a small company that doesn't think the NHL season's going to happen. I don't want to get in trouble with them for saying that. Uh, but no, they, I don't know. I think we've seen some cool gear coming out. I just don't know if we're ever actually going to see it. <laughs> wow, way to, fresh. way to Grinch uh, Cam's roast beast uh, feast. <laughs> there, there have been some really cool setups, though, some... A lot of the, the 3D printing that we've been seeing, or not 3D printing, the, the digital printing that we've been seeing from from the various companies, not just, like, Bauer's been doing it. I believe CCM's been rolling it out. Vaughn's stuck in 1995, so they don't matter. The stuff that we've been seeing from True, it's going to be kind of cool seeing True Hockey, uh, since they basically have the masterminds behind CCM as we know them, working for them right now. That's That's super technical gear stuff, but... I don't know. I'm. I'll. I'll look for the pads. I just don't know if I'll watch all the games. I'll probably have to for my job. 
I shouldn't be saying this. Rewind. Entire aesthetic of this podcast. Rewind. This whole podcast is I shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> don't worry, no one's listening. <laughs> Prospective sponsors ignore that part. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> yeah, we we prefaced it with like, here's a bunch of shit we shouldn't say. Let's all record it in a microphone and put it out for the world. I mean, that was our entire Friday episode, so please don't listen to that. Um. All right, cat. Goalie person, very smart goalie person. I have one question in like twelve parts. All right. <laughs> you have to give me step by step, please. So <laughs> let me process. There was a really interesting goalie carousel this off season, and it it sort of it doesn't pertain to the Bruins in any actual way, but I think you can, in a microcosm sort of way, expand it out and apply the scenario to the Bruins goaltending scenario. So I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And it's what happened in Vancouver, Calgary, with that whole carousel. Um, And more specifically, Thatcher Demko and the long period of development for him, where especially people from Boston understand that this dude was the golden child like he was supposed to be the next big goaltending prospect and it's just taken him forever to get to the show and that's kind of the track that most goalies are taking now um just curious if that's what to expect from goaltenders from now on or is that like a change in philosophy over the course of the last decade or so where it just kind of seems like all right these guys are going to languish for a while in lower leagues college ahl and then when do you start to trust guys like that because i mean i I know you're more of an eye test person than a fancy stats person not that you ignore fancy stats but i I feel like goalie fancy stats aren't necessarily the crap indicative of (laughs) what how how skillful a goalie is especially for people who don't watch a lot of ahl and lower level games like how do you start to trust a player whose stats maybe don't match up with how skillful they are so Thatcher Demko is kind of a unique situation uh for starters uh the goalie carousel I think totally pertains to the Bruins because they're one of three teams that basically left the 2019-20 season with if you looked at the top 10 stats for goalies last year like the top 10 performers across even the like the fancy stats categories, the tracked categories with clear side analytics, stuff like that. Basically, that top 10 was made up of the two Coyotes goalies, the two Stars goalies, the two Bruins goalies, and they all stayed put. And then you had these other teams with basically the outlier there was like Connor Hellebeck, he stayed put. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was up there, he stayed put. And then you had Jacob Markstrom and he boogied. <laughs> he he went from Vancouver to Calgary, which I'm fascinated by Calgary. Like, I think that's a super unique situation. Just looking at that carousel right there, because Calgary has now gone through Arizona's failed goalie um, in Mike Smith. When Arizona wanted to boot him out and, you know, bring in new blood, they, they were like, we'll take him. He's our answer. Was not their answer. So they sent him to Edmonton recycled Edmonton's old goalie and brought in Cam Talbot. They made like a direct swap there, said, oh, this guy didn't work in Edmonton. Maybe he'll work for us. 
much like Mike Smith. Let's let's do a change in scenery in vaguely different Alberta cities. Yes, twice in a row. They went with Mike Smith and they went with Cam Talbot. And neither of those really... Cam Talbot was starting to trend up, but not not in any sort of a meaningful, like, difference-making way. And so Jacob Markstrom really kind of... I think he could have stayed for an extra year or two as a mentor to the aforementioned Thatcher Demko there. But it was it was... Thatcher's crease, I would say arguably by last year. Um, they sort of split it right there, and then I think they would have split it again next year. Jacob Markstrom kind of deserved to finally get his payday because he took forever to hit the NHL. Um, and so he moved out as a free agent, very clearly was a starting goalie. So Calgary was like, oh, we'll take another divisional rivals departing goaltender, third acquired goaltender in a row. We'll take him from another another divisional rival, except this is the only one that they've brought on that I have any modicum of confidence that he's going <laughs> to succeed. So so good for them. They finally, like, third time's the charm. I'm excited for Markstrom. I think he's going to do do great things there. Um, but it does open that door for for Thatcher Demko in kind of a, kind of a unique way because he, like I, like I said earlier, he did have kind of a unique situation where college goaltending is obviously four years instead of you know in the OHL QMJHL USHL you age out at most at 21 and that's for for the CHL that's your overage year you age out there and you have to go pro and so with college you have guys that they'll play in the USHL or the BCHL until they're 19 sometimes in the USHL until they're 20 and then they'll go to college. So you then have potentially four years. That puts you at 24. So that's you have guys coming from the CHL at 20. And then you have these guys coming in who are essentially four years earlier. Thank you. <laughs> for, for the listeners, she's counting in the background really aggressively loudly. And I, <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. I quit. Um, but no, so already collegiate goalies end up in a little bit of a a later development path just by nature of the NCAA. Um, And then he had a little bit of an injury issue. He, I believe it was concussions for two consecutive years where he really didn't get a chance to get that AHL development. So he wasn't as much languishing there as he was injured. And it wouldn't have been smart for them to immediately jump him up behind Alex Gabranson, Tyler Myers, and like the corpse of Chris Tanev and say, cool, here's your, here's your intro to the NHL. You're recovering from a concussion. Don't get hit in the head again. Bye. So they, they kept him in the NHL, which I think was smart. You know, they gave him a chance to fully heal, uh, to get his development back, because uh, sitting out with a concussion, that, that loses you some development time for sure. So I don't necessarily think we're going to see that kind of path for a ton of guys, just because you have to be both a collegiate goalie who goes for, you know, a couple years and then go go pro and get hurt. So you have to spend more time in the AHL before you finally make the jump. Um, but he's there. He seems healthy at this point, which is good. I think at this point he's in he's in the NHL to stay. And he's, he's what, only 25, 26. So it's not the worst situation. It's not like he's 28, 29, 30 and just hitting the NHL. But it's, it's his net next year. Braden Holtby, even if he makes the proper rebound, which he's expected to, based on some of those underlying numbers with blocked shots, screenshots, cross-ice passes, stuff like that, 
Washington had the second worst defense in the league last year. <laughs> so he's in an environment to only go up from there. Yeah, they were awful. They Norris set him up finalist to fail. John Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, well, it was John Carlson, and then it was like nothing else. And so they struggled last year. John Carlson didn't. The rest of them did. And so Holtby should bounce back, but he's getting older. He's, what, 33, 34? Yeah. Somewhere in that range. He's, he's about Tuka's age, I think a little younger, but has been low on the regular season stats over the last, I don't know, like three, four years. And so he should be the 1B behind Demko. And so I think it's it's I think that's a perfect situation because you have someone with experience. You have someone who has shown that they're a Vezina caliber goalie, excluding the last year and a half. So you have you have the talent. You just you don't have someone who's then trying to beat down the door. So I don't think Holtby would try and try and usurp Demko in any way. Um, watch nah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he seems, seems like a good dude. He like he waited in the U.S. for another like an extra couple of weeks while the rest of his family got got settled in Vancouver because like they wouldn't let his tortoises across the border. So he like he chilled in the U.S. with his pet tortoises until they they got. Wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. You what? He did what? Wait, you didn't? I know, no, I did not hear about that. this, and I need to know <laughs> about this. Uh, this is incredible stuff. Why is it Best that every time Cat comes on, she just has like an earth shattering like revelation? Like last time was Pest Apollo. Now it's like Braden Holpe. Not only does he have tortoises, but he's leaving his family alone to stay with the tortoises. Like what? Yeah, he has two pet tortoises. They're giant. There, there are some videos of them on Twitter, like playing street hockey with the family. They're adorable. They're like, they're not little. Like they're not little turtles. They're like this big. They're wow. they're probably the size of like like a manhole cover in the street so (laughs) yeah they're huge and so they had to get like they had to get clearance from like an import license from both the u.s they had to get the export license from the u.s department of agriculture and then an import license from the canadian wildlife and fishing services or something (laughs) and they forgot one of the two forms so they were stopped at the border and like they couldn't come across with the turtles so he like he waited in the u.s with them I do appreciate stuff like that, though, because, like, you know, you don't want invasive species and stuff like that going across borders. And well, you're not in, that yeah. tortoises are invasive species, but you're in you're in San Diego, so I'm sure you've uh, have you had to go through those border checkpoints in between Arizona and California, where like all they ask you is it's it's ice, they chill, and instead of asking you, uh, are you a U.S. citizen? They ask you, do you have any fruits or vegetables in your car? Because <laughs> you might bring uh, like insects or like various creatures like in with with the produce when you go across the border. So if you if you go between the states, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to bring vegetables to with st- you. <laughs> I went to Sedona about a year ago. It caught me way off guard. We had we had like an apple in somebody's lunchbox, and because we drove out to Anaheim one time, and we were like, I was like, we have an apple. Like, is that okay? And the guy was like, <laughs> he's like, why would you even ask me that? I was like, why are you asking me this? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what do you mean? That is like one of my favorite parts about like going across the Canadian border. Is like. Question one is like, do you have any firearms? And I'm like, oh no. And then question two is like, well, what about any fruit? And I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? To like, how do we get from firearms to fruit? Like, what is that? What? But I, it, that is why. Yeah, invasive species. Now, now we get it. That. 
Yeah. The tortoises. One of the big ones. <laughs> the one of the big ones is uh, bringing, bringing like chopped wood from state to state in in certain. Oh, because of like the termites. Actually, yeah. England. yeah, New England. That's Not termites. Thing. There's like, well, like wood lice and and different types of uh, invasive species. I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. I actually saw. I was I was hiking in New Hampshire today, um, and. On the way back, we, when we came back into Maine, they had, like, as soon as it was like, welcome to Maine, the next sign was like, we don't get bring your fucking active. firewood here. <laughs> and I was like, how are they going to, I mean, it didn't say that. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm a little bit of hyperbole here. But, like, my buddy, Just like, commented, and he was like, he was, it like, is New Hampshire. He's like, what's up with, like, what's up with the sign? I mean, I knew what it was for, but it was just like, welcome to Maine. And then it was just like, firewood? Don't uh-uh, bring not here. firewood. Not here. I was like, how would they know? You know, they can't tell, but. But don't do it, I guess. So that makes me that makes me nervous because I I brought my I have trail running shoes. Um, so that because in Arizona, like back east, I used to go trail running all the time, and like in New York, trail running's on wood chips. Like you wear your running shoes, and then you occasionally get hit by a tree branch. In Arizona, trail <laughs> running is like you're on rocks, like you're climbing mountains, and so if you're not wearing a shoe that has like hiking boot lugs on the base you slide right down those mountains and i've done mm-hmm. it so and I, you have to be able to you have to be able to kick a rattlesnake if necessary i so. don't want to talk about those <laughs> <laughs> so i brought my trail shoes with me to go hiking on Kauai peak outside san diego for my daughter's birthday and uh now i'm wondering like did i bring any creatures because i i literally trail ran in arizona in those shoes like the day before we drove out so now I'm now I'm paranoid. If if you guys end up with now an you're, infestation, now you're outing of, yourself. Like, <laughs> if you guys end up with an you're outing Arizona yourself on this really popular uh, San Diego, Arizona podcast. My bad. Uh, <laughs> okay, now, but yeah, did that, that answer your question? To circle back to, to <laughs> San Diego, did that answer your question? Absolutely okay. answers my question. <laughs> <laughs> Presented by Bruins Diehards, ladies and gentlemen, and the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast. <laughs> drinkable podcast you can taste. So, yeah, I, I guess the, the one other goalie situation I wanted to talk about that doesn't really have much to do with the Bruins, but I don't know, I, I pinpointed this, like, uh, a while back uh, early on in the podcast. Just, like, we were looking through Cap Friendly and just kind of noticed on – pittsburgh's page like oh <laughs> tristan <laughs> tristan jari and matt murray are like both coming up as rfas and so uh, we were just talking about how like that was going to be an interesting deal once the off season came around turns out it was yeah um matt murray's gone <laughs> with matt murray traded to the senators um just curious what you think about matt murray and um i also tristan jari who really hasn't had a lot of time in the nhl but did look really good this past season there i've in in the most professional way possible i have like the biggest heart on for tristan jari when it comes to like his on his <laughs> play he's fantastic like he's he's who i thought was pittsburgh's goalie of the future and then just based on once again looking at injuries like thatcher demko uh tristan jari was injured when they needed a call-up um and so Matt Murray got the call up over him um, and the rest is history, literally. So now Tristan Jari is like finally getting his shot. He's more technically sound, a little bit more structured, a little bit more conservative with his movement than 
than Matt Murray can tend to be, uh, a little bit more based on that sort of wait-and-see style of goaltending. Uh, you don't really see him trying to trying to deke out the shooters. Um, <laughs> he just kind of stands there and waits, um, which which was not always Matt Murray's mo. Um, and I feel I feel kind of bad for Matt Murray because I think he probably could have used another probably another year of development at the AHL level before coming up. And obviously, like he's laughing his way to the bank with two Stanley Cups. Probably yeah, tell me to fuck myself. I don't feel too bad um, for him. <laughs> but. In terms of his long-term development, he still had some holes in his game, even when he was going through that playoff run. And over time, they became kind of kind of like the Martin Jones situation with San Jose. Nobody really was able to go in and fix those little lateral movement inefficiencies, and they became super exploitable. So the more other teams picked up on it, the easier it was for them to sort of pinpocket that or pinpoint that. And so... He just sort of reached a point where he was he was floundering a little bit, because um, in order to make himself less predictable for for the shooters, he became less predictable for himself. I feel like his his technique sort of took a took a pretty steep nosedive there. Um, he's been working with Adam Francilia, who I I can't say enough good things about him. He's the guy who works with Connor Hellebuck in the off season. Um, worked with Devin Dubnik. He's going to be working with him again in San Jose. He's a consultant for them. Uh, he's been working with Martin Jones since March. So once the season ended in San Jose, he took over helping him out. Uh, he works with Thomas Grice. So as a secondary Sharks fan, I hope that works out. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I, I was on the the Locked On Sharks podcast last night, and they were like so what's up with that? And I was like, Godspeed. Like, I think that's Doug Wilson <laughs> saying, that's Doug Wilson saying he is perfectly fine with not making the playoffs next year. Like, that is not their goal. Uh, and if they do, it'll be a yeah. very happy accident. And so, but yeah, so Adam Francilia is a biomechanics guy. He's been working with Justin Schultz essentially since he came to Pittsburgh. Uh, really helped him out with his biomechanics, his skating. We've seen that huge turnaround in his game as a defender. Uh, he's been working with Tyler Myers keeping him so he's not quite as injury prone. Um, so I think that when it comes to those biomechanical flaws in Jones and Murray's games, he's a good guy to help with that. So I think we should see a little bit of an uptick for Murray. Um, I don't know if the Ottawa situation is going to be a blessing or a curse um, because expectations are lowered. I think Penguins fans may be a little mean to him online. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> they were... They, they expected that they had a Vezina caliber uh, starting goalie and he very much needed some work and they felt a little duped. Uh, we're not the nicest about it. Um, reading his Instagram comments sometimes made me ill. Uh, it was very unkind. So lo lower pressure never situation. The yeah, never read the comments. Uh, lower pressure <laughs> situation in Ottawa. Obviously, he has a chance to make mistakes without tanking his team season they do that fine enough on their own but the <laughs> yeah. downside is that's not a very structured team to play behind when you're trying to establish some consistency in your game so so we'll see how that goes for him i'm kind of curious as to what pittsburgh's gonna do now because casey DeSmith, i guess is okay putting his office problematic past like in another box entirely his on ice play is fine he's not somebody that i would consider your tandem and they don't really have a, a number two guy right now i don't think yeah you're putting you're putting jari in that like hella buck role yeah now. they're they're like go forth like be free um he's he's their starter and it's kind of i mean columbus really went 
falls out on that that sort of scenario last year when they put two guys with a combined like 30 games of North American hockey experience as their <laughs> NHL starter and backup and then no NA, no guys with North American experience in the AHL so they just sort of YOLO'd it um and it worked out for them might work out for Pittsburgh um they drafted two very good goalies this year consecutively with their first two picks of the draft so they have help coming. One of them's Cal Kling from, uh, from Sweden. The other one's Joel Blomqvist from Finland. Great guys, national team players. Not going to be ready this year. So I don't know what they, what they were hoping for. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fun situation. I'm not super sure how that one's going to shake out for either of those guys. But I wish them both the best, I guess. So you mentioned earlier a couple like goaltending situations that really have stood out to you from last season. Obviously, like those are you know ones you're going to be watching going into this season. But with the new NHL season allegedly starting in a couple of weeks, are there any like sleeper setups where you're like, yeah, this, watch this team and they could have something special going on this year? So obviously the Rangers. I think uh, Igor Shesterkin, stupid good. I know people were super excited about Ilya Samsonov. It's not bashing him. I think Shesterkin arguably could be the best goaltender in the league at some point in his career. Mm -hmm. And very clearly, the Rangers feel confident enough in that and that he's ready to start that upward trend uh, because they they parted ways with with their god, who is now in Braden Holtby's role. Praise be King Henrik. (laughs) Right? (laughs) King Henrik's in Holtby's role, who's now in Markstrom's role, who's now in Talbot's role, who's now in Dubnik's role, who's now in Arendelle's role. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's just like NHL coaches and white men just bouncing around. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that, that should be an interesting, I think that's going to be a good one. That's a, that's a sleeper that I think is going to be just scary to play against because uh, Alexander Gorgiev, also crazy good. Um, they're both Russian goaltenders who play more of a North American friendly style of game. They're not quite as explosive with their movement as a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky under Vasilevsky so there's less that you need to tweak and rein in from the get-go they're both already kind of where the Rangers like their goalies to be I think New Jersey's gonna be if the rest of their team can get figured out which there's a lot going on there they have nine forwards signed and six defenders and like the season starts in three weeks but goalie wise they have Mackenzie <laughs> yeah they have they have Mackenzie Blackwood Coming back, he's been crazy good for the last couple years. Uh, and then Corey Crawford, who Chicago couldn't have done him dirtier if they'd actively tried to. Wanted to come back. They told him to fuck off. And so he signed with, with New Jersey, where he's going to get a really good backup. In- I wanted him to be free. I wanted him to be free. I felt, I felt sad. I wish he'd signed somewhere different, though. Like I I don't know if there's, there's a good place because like, that, that was places, a good place most of the him. contending teams have a good goal like i think but, that was a really good place um, for him because chicago really did do him dirty there and that we didn't really know for sure where he was going to be uh to the point where i had suggested that maybe they weren't going to resign him because i'd been hearing rumblings and then pierre lebrun was hearing rumblings that they would and Everybody was getting conflicting info. I'm sure he was getting conflicting info. Uh, we found out that he wasn't going to get signed like the start of free agency and all of those quality spots, like the the Vancouver spot with Holtby, the Calgary spot with Markstrom, like they were already locked up. And so I think he found about as good a place as he could have. Um, he didn't settle for L.A. or Anaheim, who both 
<laughs> that's good. Yeah, so he, he didn't punish himself. He just, it's a new new situation for him. Um, I liked Corey Schneider. He didn't Ryan Miller himself? Yeah, uh, <laughs> who, who may or may not be back. We don't know. Um, Anaheim's either going to have John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz, or they're going to have John Gibson and Ryan Miller, and, like, nobody knows. But... Yeah, I think I think uh, New Jersey is going to be sneaky fun to watch. I'm fascinated by what Chicago is going to look like now because they have a uh, they have Colin Delia, who very good played for I believe it was Merrimack and Malcolm Subban, former Bruins prospect who made his debut with what did he did he did he make a save or was it a 500 save percentage? I can't remember whether it was a zero. I think or he 500 got in that he first got game. one. I think he yeah. got one. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was rough. Yeah, so he he was a part of that Robin Lehner trade, and then Chicago decided, you know, he he hasn't established himself as a legit bona fide starter at the NHL level. Colin Delia hasn't established himself as an NHL goaltender, so we'll go with these two. They're doing the Columbus <laughs> Yolo thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, side note: I just looked over. My daughter is a uh, currently rearranging my shoes, my running shoes. She's moving them from by the front door. <laughs> the, the pause as soon as you turn around. She's like, shit, I've been figured out. Them, she's literally blockading our laundry room. <laughs> and I would have gotten no, away with it. No, I yeah, out of running shoes. So I know our, I know the listeners can't, can't see what's going on, but this is, this is entertaining. Yeah, um, just imagine, just imagine a child stacking. I think shoes that's in symbolic of, of like a, a goaltending prowess of just like building the wall. It's just like I'm gonna <laughs> She's stop. Building Nobody's a brick just, wall. This is mine. Build the wall. Out of my and the the door frame I, I, compared to her like like side to side is probably like about you know comparable to an a adult person and a, and a, you know net. So pretty much, she's just getting used to. That. <laughs> She's protecting her crease. What's the ratio? We gotta go. We gotta get the measurements. <laughs> moving, moving forward. Though. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen with. Uh, I think Dallas is gonna be fun to watch because uh, apparently Ben Bishop is not gonna be cleared to play until something like April. I thought he was gonna be good to go. Apparently he's not. So they're going to have uh, Anton Hadobin, and then I believe it's Jake Ottinger is gonna be there. They're number two. I was going to ask you about Jake Ottinger because he's kind of in that same class, not necessarily now, but he was kind of yeah. in that same deal as Demko where like this is the next big prospect and it's been a long time. So during the off season, I asked uh, current current Dallas Stars beat writer Saad Youssef, which congratulations to him. He is a first generation. You had him on your podcast, right? Yeah, I did. I first-generation Muslim immigrant to the United States who is now holding a beat for, for an NHL team, which is super awesome. He's he's thrilled Fuck to bits. Yeah. I'm thrilled to bits for him. Plugging him on a podcast for a team that he does not cover. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I asked him about Ottinger for, for a thing that I was doing on the top 15 guys who are close to hitting the NHL. Um, and he told me that he'd asked a couple of the team scouts in a couple of the front office guys in Texas, in Cedar Park, their AHL team. And they basically thought that Ottinger would be ready for sheltered NHL action this season. Towards the end of the year, obviously that's going to be accelerated because of Bishop's injury. Um, but yeah, so they were, they were ready to move him up this year into some sort of a graduated role. Um, I don't know what they were going to do with Bishop after that, but 
he was he was gonna make that jump up. I think Dallas got a little gun shy with with the Jack Campbell situation. That was a obviously, you know, that was a top eleven guy. I think they drafted him eleventh overall in twenty ten, and then his development just kind of kind of tanked, and he ended up in the ECHL before having to get get a fresh start entirely in LA. Um, but yeah, I think that I think they were just a little cautious there. Um, I think he's NHL ready. I think he should be fine. I, I never really know what's going on with Dallas. Sometimes they look like like a team that makes it to the Stanley Cup final. Sometimes they look like they're in the basement. So who knows what he's going to get. Um, that, that, that should be fun. I'm fascinated to see what Cal Peterson does in L.A. Because I think Jonathan Quick's done. I haven't seen a good oh, game from him in yeah, so it's been done. a couple years now. Um, with no disrespect, one of the you know one of the most prolific American-born goaltenders of all time. Um, just UMass Amherst, just tapped, absolutely tapped. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think the only situation I'm not fascinated by and excited for is uh, Montreal because I think that's like Carey Price is Carey Price. I don't think there's anything overly intriguing about that situation i think jake allen's an upgrade over every ahl guy they they tried to sign in a in a backup role there for the last four or five years so massive upgrade over keith kincaid with no disrespect to a to a long island boy a good long island dustin tokarski um (laughs) i i am i am i am interested in that situation though because he's always been asked to be the just carry the entire load and I'm interested to see what happens if they start playing Jake Allen in a 1B scenario, which is a, a, a thing that has taken over the entire NHL. This is not news. Um, but that Carey Price has been the, when he's not been injured, has been the guy who's carrying the load on usually a really bad defensive team. Um, so I, I, I would say I'm interested in that. But in general, I'm interested in every goaltending scenario because I play fantasy hockey and I want to know what's going on. I think, uh, honestly, I think what we're going to see with the Carey Price situation is we're going to see the Tukarask situation Mama, between what we saw with uh, Mama, with Gustafsson. What is that? What is that? It's iced tea. I'm not supposed to have iced tea. You're allowed to have it tonight. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad that these, these moments always get captured on your podcast. Catching your good um, side, yeah. <laughs> yeah, catching catching my parenting moments here. Um, my parenting abuse. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention so, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm the tweet personified. No, uh, when we look at what happened with, with Tuka Rask, when he had, when he had Gus as, as his backup and... Trying to remember yeah. who was who was before that. Um, yeah, that was Nick that was Spedberg, tragic. Yeah. I was I was pregnant. It was, it was Nick Spedberg and then Jonas Gustafsson. I was watching that Gustafsson game against Ottawa, just like hoping they were going to make the playoffs, and he just Mister Rebound himself. Goals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know, once they once they actually brought in a tandem, we saw not only Tukarask bring his game back up, but I think he's going to last longer. And I think that's going to be the case with Carey Price, too. I think we're just going to see him. And that's part of why Henrik Lundqvist eventually was tapped, why Braden Holtby was tapped. They just didn't have adequate support. Um, so so I think that's that's what we're going to see from Price. I think it's going to make some fantasy owners mad that he won't have 75 starts. But, you know. Fantasy owners have been mad at him 
they can, for they years can stay leading mad. up to now. They can so. stay mad. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, Drew hasn't talked in like an hour. <laughs> Drew, how's it going? I'm just, I'm just digesting all the information. So yeah. I'm still on Demco's. <laughs> Drew's just not used to any level of intellectual like, <laughs> like prowess being on this podcast. So he's just taking the extra moment to process everything. Um, Kat, I think I asked you kind of some, like, version of this question last time we had you on, but it looks like... Wait, last time, last time we had her on the Lost episode, or... (laughs) That's true, so maybe (laughs) listeners haven't heard this, but it it seems to, like, simpletons, like, Chris Drew and I, (laughs) that some teams are... Chris Drew and me, Cam, Chris Drew and me. Yeah, well, exactly, I mean, follow the sentence, (laughs) but some teams seem to be a lot better at just finding good goaltending talent. I think the New York Rangers are a team that you can look at right now, which, again, like, they find themselves in goalie heaven. Is there anything noticeable that you're aware of that they do differently in their approach to either scouting or developing or something like that versus other teams who just seem to strike out every time? Or do they just kind of stumble their way into two, you know, very promising NHL talents? So I think part of it is uh, certain teams... um have goalie scouts. Not all of them do. Certain teams uh, consult That's insane their... to me. Yeah, that, that blows <laughs> my like, mind. How the fuck is that? You're an them. NHL team. Like, I guess, uh, like, junior team, Kat, maybe not, but, like... Kat, you, you said that on the first appearance on this podcast that I was not here for, but I listened to it, <laughs> and that... <laughs> that blows my mind that there are teams that are not doing everything they can to gain an edge in what is the most important position in the sport maybe uh if not most important most interesting and the one where you can gain a a big advantage if you have a scout or something that can i don't know yeah. a guru of some sort well that's that's part of it you look at these teams that uh that have done a really good job with their pipelines namely i think uh i think new york's a really good one um washington's a really good one and then you look at the guys who are at the helm of their goaltending, like their goaltending coaching charts. And you have Benoit, I believe it's Benoit Allaire in, uh, in New York. And then you have, uh, you had Mitch Korn. He's now with the Islanders. Um, but you had Mitch Korn in Washington. And those are teams that consulted their goalie coaches before they drafted guys. Um, there was a guy that was drafted by the Rangers a couple of years back that, yeah, just like head explosion. Rangers drafted a guy. I was kind of surprised by it. Um, talked to someone. They said, oh, yeah, I heard that he's someone who was scouted extensively by Alaire. And so he likes him. He thinks that that's someone that he can really work with. It's someone that he gets along with. So that's that's a guy that he really wanted the team to take. And that makes sense. Whereas there is another team that I will not mention by name because I don't want to get someone in trouble. But I was talking to their goalie coach at the draft. I was at the draft and texted him and said, this kid, this is surprising, right? Like, I was like, what did you think about this kid before you guys drafted him? Is he the style that you're looking for? And he said, I was going to text you and ask you what you knew about him because I've never seen this kid before in my life. So their goalie coach had never watched this kid play and they ended up not signing him. This kid, this kid was drafted two years ago, three drafts ago, two years ago, and they didn't sign him. They let his rights expire because he wasn't like I I don't understand how that level of incompetence is okay. But it is for some teams. They think it's a hit or miss thing. There are some teams that think that goaltending, because there is so much involved with technical 
development and physical development and injuries that can really impact it. So I think there are some teams that think you can find guys later on once the prodigies who get injured are wiped out. You know, you can find other guys in free agency. So they will draft reach picks. Um, they'll draft guys that maybe are going to pan out, maybe not, and then save the valuable ones for, for free agency, which I think is kind of a kind of a spicy way to do it. That's like not drafting a top-line center because you figure you'll sign him in free agency later. That's like that's like a peak Toronto yeah. thing to do. Um, it's just a never good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the Toronto model. So You just gained five yeah. followers from shitting on the Maple Leafs <laughs> in this podcast. Not that any – it's the five people that listen to the podcast. But they're just They're the, all happy now. But yeah, I think it's... Uh, I'm just shocked if there's anyone who listens to this podcast who doesn't already follow Kat. Uh, Drew, do you have anything? <laughs> <laughs> What's a goalie again? I forget. No, um, Voodoo. <laughs> no, I, I honestly really don't have anything. Cause All right, well, so I, I want to sound... And then Cam came up with some, and now I got nothing... I want, I want to Drew sound smart again. Shot at making the NHL. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, would I be I, a good goalie? I want to sound smart again, and this got uh, I think cut off of our uh, our last episode. But the comparison I always make is uh, goalies in the, NH- in the NHL to running backs in the NFL, where the appreciation for the skill involved with the position is not necessarily in line with the production so like all right there's this feeling like as long as you have this level of skill you can succeed at this position based on what you have around you so like yeah obviously if you have a great offensive line that can run block you can be a running back in the nfl if you pass this bar of of talent but also that doesn't mean that an extra level of talent is useless like that extra level of talent only makes you better. It's it, so you're devaluing the position based on uh, the value of the players around them. So if you have an excellent goaltender, uh, let's take for example the defensive uh, structure that was around Tim Thomas at the time of the Bruins winning the cup. The, he at that time was an excellent goaltender, but if you put a goaltender who was like competent in there around that defensive structure obviously going to be fine but maybe not going to get you to that point where you're elevating the entire team to a stanley cup level and i think the goalie position has been discounted across the league because of that weird uh evaluation of the position yeah it's uh we're strange because when you look at that devaluation it does sort of fall in line with that that running back analogy where you have this this basic uh implication from people that a goaltender is only as good as the team around them um and if your team's not good it doesn't matter if your goalie's good or not and you know you don't you don't need to draft super aggressively for it um but when it comes to the actual skill development i equate them a little more to the quarterback just because there is a completely different coaching system that needs to be implemented with a goalie um to the rest of the team. And so it's kind of like, you know, with a quarterback, if you don't have a good QB coach, like then you're Josh Rosen. Um, And so there's a, there's this disconnect though, because goalies should be treated like quarterbacks and instead they're treated like running backs. And it's kind of weird. 
I don't really understand why teams do that because uh, I think teams would be a lot better if they didn't. Uh, we're, we're finally starting to see a shift in the right direction. You know, the, the Arizona Coyotes hired uh, Brian DeCord, stop at goaltending. I believe he, he was out of Massachusetts. Um, he's he's going to be their new director of goaltending, and then under him is going to be Corey Schwab, who's their NHL goaltending coach, and then under him is uh, Zach Burke, who is their development goalie coach. They have a three-tiered system. Um, I believe... That's what the Islanders are doing. Mitch Korn is their director of goaltending, and then they have goalie coaches under him. Uh, and now we have that in Florida, where they now have uh, Francois Allaire has come out of retirement. Uh, he had been with the Colorado Avalanche for a long time, retired, and then decided to come back. And he is being joined by both of the Luongo brothers, uh, Roberto Luongo and his brother, are going to be heading this, they're calling it a goaltending excellency de- department or something. <laughs> and then they have their goaltending coaches under that, Rob Tallis, and then I forget who their AHL coach is, but so they have this, like, tiered pyramid system. Scheme. Where... I, I, yeah, I was going to say, it's the goaltending pyramid scheme. It is, it's exactly. the MLM of, uh, of goaltending, but, so. But I, I love it if uh, Roberto Longo is involved. Anything that makes me yeah. not have to hate Roberto Longo. I just want to see yeah. how how Sergei Bobrovsky responds to instruction from Roberto Longo because I feel like I've I've talked to them both. Great guys, very different vibes. Like I don't I want I want to be a fly on the wall during a conversation between Bobby Lou and Sergei Bobrovsky, who's like, does Bobrovsky have vibes even? Yes. Oh yeah, he's he's probably like. I'd say he's the most underrated weird guy in the league. We don't get okay. enough uh, appreciation for just how weird he is, but he's he's strange. Like he'll post videos of himself like fist pumping on like a stationary bike with like some weird guy sitting next to him like outside of a Russian hut somewhere while like blasting Russian techno music. So like and, really weird, yeah. not just like standard goalie yeah, weird. Yeah, he posted. A I, need to, I need to see these videos. <laughs> yeah, like from I was gonna ask McDavid. him a skill of Connor McDavid to Brzezgalov. Oh, where would he be? But it sounds like we're getting he's really close to Brzezgalov at that point. He posted a selfie of himself on Instagram a couple years back, uh, and it was just like him out on the ice, and he took a selfie of himself, and then he captioned it, "Hello," but typed it all out in Cyrillic lettering. So I like oh. read it in a Russian, but it's not the I Russian word for hello. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just Russian the letter. phonetics. <laughs> when you sound it out using Cyrillic, it says hello and like it's fourteen O's, and that's like that was the whole caption. So it's a very weird guy, but like very Russian guy too, and like Bobby Lou also weird, but a very different kind of weird, right? Like. Like he's a little he's more fucking hilarious. He's yeah, he's he's funny. He's not so much weird as he is. Like he's the prankster, and then you've got Bobrovsky, who, like, I, he was doing. I did you guys see? He was like, he put his foot up on the ceiling on a cruise ship last summer. So he was in the splits with his foot up on the ceiling, and he was like. <laughs> Once again, fist pumping to like Russian techno. <laughs> Big fist pumping guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 
<laughs> I've I've been missing out on the on the Bob. People who don't uh, follow Bob on Instagram are like, like <laughs> deeply missing out. So man, I just keep thinking about the SNL skit where they're just like, ah, uh, oh, I forget the song, but they're in the club and they're just like dancing like this. That's kind of what it's he the does. Old SNL. But like with with the fist pump too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, the, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm getting my phone right now. I'm <laughs> looking it up. I'll find it. I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, Cat! Um, I have one more question for you. So we've talked a lot about, I guess, where a lot of NHL teams are fucking up as far as goaltending goals and 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 how some people are doing well. I guess for let's say tomorrow, let's say tomorrow I get hired as the new GM of Team X. Which will never happen, obviously. T- team X, the expansion team. <laughs> the expansion team, the 33rd NHL franchise. <clears throat> the uh, city to be named later, Team X. The first thing I would probably do is call you and be like, I don't know anything about goaltending. What should my organization be like as far as that goes? So what would, in your eyes, a model NHL organization... Because we're just learning here that a lot of teams don't even have goaltending scouts, which is shocking to me. Is it as simple as goalies coaches scouts or in your mind like what else what other sort of goaltending infrastructure if you will should be in place for an nhl team so i think it depends on who your prospects are uh you you should at the very least have an understanding of the mix of prospects that you have so you should have your your two starters at the nhl level you should have two starters at the ahl level i would argue at least one of your two ahl starters should be someone who can make the jump to the NHL potentially for an entire season without it damaging their development. So if you have two guys who are first year AHLers, like what are you doing? Um, You should have at least one guy who is ECHL bound and depending on who those guys are, like the mix of prospect versus veteran, uh, taking a look at your prospect pool. Are your guys in Europe? Are your guys in college? Are your guys CHL? Are they USHL? And I think that should be a big factor too. You know, do you have a healthy mix of players that you can technically have developing in other leagues? And so you look at like what the New York Rangers did with uh, with Igor Shesterkin. He was able to develop without getting trapped in the minors by playing in the KHL. Uh, what the Colorado Avalanche have right now, where they have Adam Werner has made his way to North America. Um, Hunter Miska shouldn't be in the NHL at any point ever, but is in the AHL with him. So that's a North American guy. And then you have uh, you have Justice Anunen playing pro in Finland, where feasibly you are not hindering his development by letting him play pro until he's ready to make the jump. And so that's that's the I don't know. That's the like. That's what your depth chart should look like. Um, if you have collegiate guys, you should probably have at least one one guy who who's capable of being signed the next year, um, just so that you don't have to rush anyone. Uh, if you only draft out of the CHL, you need to find better scouts. Um, <laughs> or have a scout. Or, have <laughs> or a just scout. have one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bar's yeah pretty well or have here. a scout. Um, so so yeah, that's. That would be my my advice on that, I would say. All right. Well, I have one question. It's for everybody. Okay. Um, what's your weirdest holiday tradition? 
Whatever Izzy just said is my weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't even know what weird. she's doing right now. She's she's driving poor Richie around by her rocking horse. Oh yeah. Also, so, hi Richie. Yeah. Let's go he's, Rams. He's in. <laughs> Tell him I said that. He's in. Yeah. So we we room. didn't. So we didn't even realize before we did this whole jump to the Hockey Podcast Network that Richie was already on yeah. the Hockey Podcast Network. I literally like we, texted we these ju- guys we after, ju- and I was like, oh, we shit, jumped into the Slack. Awesome. Yeah. We jumped into the Slack, and he was like, hey, what's up, guys? So his co-host, his co-host is my best friend in the whole entire world, Corey Crenshaw. Um, Corey, and she right? was yeah, so yeah. confused when Cam was like, yo, Richie, how about the Rams this year? She was like, I don't like have that many like weird traditions. All right, what, what, all like... right let, let me let me rephrase the question because that's a that's a tough question. Uh, what is your favorite holiday tradition that you have? Oh, that changes the answer completely. Then. Well, I, I would like to hear. Mean, like, I would like to hear like, both upcoming have, holidays, not just like any holiday, both. right? Uh, well, I, yeah, like in the months of. November the holiday January. season. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that still just changes my answer completely. Well, my, answer both. Okay, so the strange thing... I'll give Cam time to think, or I'll just cut him off, because I love to do that. Um, uh, the strangest one isn't doesn't sound strange at first. It's a, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Christmas Eve party at my aunt's house every year, which we're not doing this year, of course. And I think we all needed a fucking break from this shit. Because... Uh, my mom's side of the family is 100% Italian, and I am 50% Italian. There's a lot of people who are 50% Italian. And we just, like, accept the fact that, like, our fiery Italian, like, side of our family is just going to be, just going to be clashes everywhere. So, <laughs> or, or just Your people getting hammered. Wedding. So, it's like, it's like there's drunk people. Only seven the, deaths? It's a... It's light for a Dothraki to at each other. And then there's just, like, like my dad, because my, <laughs> my mom's family's, like, centered around four sisters, one of which is my mom. So all of, like, the husbands <laughs> and, like, outlaws of the family are just like, oh, my God, we got to, like, deal with this. <laughs> so that's the strangest one, just because a lot of strange shit happens. Uh, I don't know what my favorite is, but it's not that. <laughs> Drew jumps on for the first time in like 40 minutes to offer a three minute not answer to the question like, <laughs> I answered no, the initial I, question I said I, I will accept an answer to either question or both fine yeah cat or um, cam who's ready ah god I don't know I guess I'll jump in I mean my favorite like in general holiday tradition I guess is like Thanksgiving I usually like my whole giant mom side of the family usually goes over to my grandmother's and like just a really cool opportunity you know I kind of took it for granted as a kid I'm sure but like as an adult now like I definitely like recognize how rare it is to see you know a lot of them I haven't seen since last Thanksgiving and didn't see them this year because of COVID and stuff so um probably that as far as any holiday goes as far as like December like holiday season ones I don't I don't know I just usually keep it kind of low key so I don't think I have anything particularly weird like you know what I mean? We, like, used to leave, like, cookies out for Santa Claus, which was, like, fun, and now it's better because I just eat them for my little brother <laughs> when he puts them out, so whoa, like, whoa, whoa, cool, whoa, 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 I mean, like, yeah, imagine I just ruined Santa for my younger brother. Like, <laughs> no, he, for Izzy. No, no, if my, I mean, if he's listening to this podcast, then he's got so many bigger problems than that, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh. 
I'm I'm in kind of a we're we're kind of a unique situation. So my my dad is Jewish. Um he's from Chicago. His parents moved to Georgia when he was younger. Um and then obviously I'm from Baltimore. Uh my parents then now live in Houston, so none of my dad's family is anywhere near him. Um and then on my mom's side, I'm the first American in her family, so there's definitely no family by her. Um and like neither of her siblings had kids uh so her brother now lives in the u.s he lives in west virginia with his wife they they don't really do much for the holidays her sister lives in germany so we definitely don't get to do stuff with her for the holidays um and when we do it's like once every four or five years uh and then her canadian family we get to see i'd say we used to get to see them more often um before you needed a passport to travel between the two countries um it's made it a little harder now so between being like a bi-religious family um, and being sort of really, it was just our family growing up, um, not a ton of traditions. Um, we just kind of kept it a little low key, um, depending on who was there each year. If we had family visiting, we kind of changed what our holiday plans were like. So we didn't really establish any like year to year consistency of any kind. Um, sort of going along with the parental abuse theme from the start of this. No no Christmas traditions <laughs> here. Um, then the one cool one... No that, children were harmed in making this podcast. Right? Now, the one cool one is uh, my dad went to Georgia Tech, um, discovered Christmas trees when he joined a fraternity, never looked back. Dude doesn't That's celebrate. That's a weird way to discover Christmas trees. <laughs> like, right? his, his, his fraternity would like, like, once he got to college, like they learned about like all the fun stuff you can do around Christmas. And he was like, this is the best holiday ever. So he never looked back. He doesn't do Hanukkah, doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, And so he loves Christmas trees. He thinks they're the best. And so our family Christmas tree each year, my parents buy everyone in the family a Christmas ornament that either is based on something that they really like um, or something notable that they did that year. So like when I got my first uh, full, like That's my really first cool. full-time gig with the athletic, uh, I got a typewriter little ornament. Um, oh, hell yeah. Oh, and so this year I, I got one cool. with is she got a Paw Patrol one last year. Cause that's super indicative. Of, <laughs> that's, that's a momentous <laughs> thing in her life. Um, <laughs> but so this year she and I, I got a little running shoe ornament for like the two of us because I, she ran her first race with me, um, and so she she's officially done a two miler. Um, she's done a mile run, and so I Damn, I got she made her. Me look like shit. <laughs> yeah, I actually got I got yelled at by my mom because she ran two miles with me uh, last Wednesday to look at holiday lights, and at the end she stopped and she went, "Oh, my hip is so sore." And very clearly, like, mocking me. But my mom was like, little bodies can't handle that distance. So, <laughs> so I got yelled at for, like, pushing my kid too hard, like some sort of cross-country Nazi. Um, and so, <laughs> so she got a she got a running shoe ornament to share the with me. The oppressor over here. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling on myself all over the place here. But, but yeah, so the Christmas ornaments are kind of cool. But uh, those are, even those, like, for the last couple of years, it's been hit or miss as to like who my mom remembers to buy an ornament for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's about as as cool as it gets um, for us. We that's a cool tradition though. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's a lot more personal than 
like I think most. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, what you got? Um, so I I'm gonna bring the mood real down right now. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so over over my childhood, like my favorite traditions were uh, one opening one present on Christmas Eve was always like a fun one. Um, that that came from my mom's family. Um, don't do that as much anymore because you know it's not like I don't know. I'm, I'm not as excited about presents. I, I I get really excited about giving presents, like not to be super cheesy, but I, I love like giving the presents gift to people of more giving. than I, like, we should be closer get, friends because I love receiving presents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, feel free to send me presents. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you make like true um, dad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving y'all presents this year, but uh, I do have your addresses, <laughs> okay, well, Cam, Cam and Drew. Cat, uh, f- feel free to uh, if you want a Christmas card this year, feel free to drop your address in the chat. Um, you do know that if you give yeah, me your return address, like next time I'm in San Diego, I'm dropping is on your door and leaving. So, there's <laughs> 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 a word of caution there. <laughs> it's okay. The dogs can take care of her. Um, yeah. So I early yeah and i guess the the other the other one was going to my my grandparents house on christmas morning um i no longer have grandparents so uh that especially was like a huge attraction for like all of my extended family to come into town and that's not really a thing anymore so over the past several years it's just been me and my parents and this year uh it's just gonna be me and my roommate in san diego um because i'm not going home for the first time ever uh and that's a little bit sad but also i'm really excited not to kill my parents yeah um (laughs) uh and and i think uh as soon as the vaccines come out i'm gonna take like a month off and go do a whole like east coast thing um bruce and bruins live let's go that's that's (laughs) for us really it'll be really nice that's when Um, we get canceled (laughs) but okay so the the weird the weirdest okay let's go let's go with weirdest and favorite of now um the weirdest tradition is my uh hello <laughs> just so you my guys guy. saw that Izzy's leading richie around by a by a resistance band by the way so, he's a saint by the way if you guys get to plug his his podcast uh he deserves all the praise in the world because oh, yeah. this is this is a mess What's the name of the Coyotes podcast? It's Sporty with Corey. Plug plug the. All right. They can listen to that. Suave. Um, Okay, so let's let's start with my favorite current holiday tradition is um, my best friends from I don't know calling from high from childhood I guess would be the best way to say it. Uh, We always meet up in some city for New Year's Eve, and it's been. Uh, Buffalo, Providence, Boston, like uh, just like weird cities that like around the East Coast, um, and that kind of dovetails uh, the opposite of dovetails. It, uh, my parents always throw a New Year's Day party, and that's the weirdest tradition. And I never realized that was weird uh, until I got older and realize that everyone is hungover on new year's day and why would people show up at my parents house i just realized uh, I, when you said new year's day i was thinking 
the day of New Year's Eve. And I was like, that is kind of weird that they'd have it yeah. like before everyone goes out for New Year's Eve. But you mean the following no. day. It's a federal <laughs> holiday, which I guess makes sense <laughs> to like have people over. No. The, this has been going on. This has been going on since I was like four years old. This is like every year, all of my parents' best friends come to the house. Like they used to send out invites for it. They no longer send out invites. They just like people just show show up. up. Um, This year, this year, my parents sent out a Christmas card saying, don't come to the house because it's a pandemic. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's so, so like over the past, I don't know, since I turned 21, like we've been doing the New Year's Eve somewhere. It's been me trying to peel myself out of bed to like greet a bunch of like 50 to 70 year old people like uh jesus <laughs> that sounds terrible like no disrespect to your <laughs> yeah. parents the coyotes held practice on new year's day last year and i <laughs> yeah and wow. i i was the Damn, only person cool. from the media who showed up it was me it was their head of pr it was their second in command of pr and that was it and PR was there wow. to smooth out yeah, whatever was and happening I'd, with the hangovers. I tried to I tried to be kind of casual uh, at the New Year's celebration. I had at Corey from Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave um, at her house with her her, her boyfriend. Um, I went to their house, got blitzed. Um, my sweet child was with her father for the night. Um, she was not drinking. Um, to clarify, your child was not just. A... <laughs> but I was wearing like skinny jeans and like. I don't think that needed shirt. to be clarified. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, but so I was like, I wasn't super dressed up, but I was wearing like heeled boots, I think. And so I showed up the next morning to practice after sleeping on Corey's bedroom floor, um, wearing the same outfit I'd worn the night before, and her boyfriend's hockey sweatshirt because he played travel around around here and so i was wearing i looked like like a sorority girl leaving a party um and and then i was and i figured i'd hide behind everyone else who showed up for practice and i was the only one who managed to make it and everyone else texted me when i was on the way there and said hey will i see you at practice i said yes they were like cool actually i'm not going can you get x for me can you get y for me so i had to talk to the head coach alone hungover i had to talk to the players alone hungover it was awful so like no disrespect to chris's parents but that's terrorism that's awful (laughs) (laughs) that's like a borderline war crime for being honest (laughs) when he said that though that did remind me the weirdest tradition my my family has uh they have good friends who host a big christmas eve party um, and instead of doing something like wholesome with our family on Christmas Eve, we would always go to this other family's house, hang out with like 50 other families. Um, as everyone started to get older and like had kids, uh, like I brought my child with me to it. We all started drinking there when we were in high school, like the one place you could get drunk as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so last year. Chris walking back <laughs> Chris walking back in at the worst moment. The one uh, place you can get drunk as a child. <laughs> Bruce and Bruins podcast. So Bruce anyway, and Bruins, the one place you can I get drunk as a child. That's the one that puts us over the edge, folks. <laughs> Jesus. 
so so I ran cross country elementary, middle, and high school. Uh, and one of the girls I ran cross country with still lives around there. She and I had gone running a couple times. She wanted to meet Izzy, see you know, meet my daughter. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll bring her to the Christmas Eve party. I'll see you there. And I told my parents, I was like, oh, you know, Kelly Trevino is going to be there. I'm super excited. She wants to meet Iz. And my mom goes, we actually weren't invited this year. So we're like, and I said, (laughs) I was like, well, Kelly told me we'll be there. And she didn't act like there was anything wrong. And my mom was like, I don't know what we did, but like, we didn't get the invite. And so the next day, Kelly was like, I missed you there. I was like, oh, so awkward. We weren't invited. Um, She's like, that's so weird. Everybody was asking where you guys were. And so we asked my dad, we were like, why would everybody be asking where we were if we weren't invited? And so he called the guy who hosts the party to see what was going on. My dad missed the email. He didn't check his email, so he assumed they hadn't been invited. So we completely dipped out. And this year's COVID, this year's COVID, their kids are out of the house now, this family that hosts it. So they're selling their house and RVing around the country. So this was the last year we could have gone, and there's COVID. So, like, we missed out on the last Christmas Eve party because my dad forgot to check his email. You know what? I I am a firm believer in never calling last runs because... Ooh, it's just never yes, worth it. You just, you just yes. end it. So you know, yes. think of it that way. You just you it lived it up while you can. You didn't have to deal with like this is our last time bullshit. You know, so we didn't know. Yeah. We figured that this year would be the last one, and then COVID hit. So, but yeah, so so that ruined our our one weird tradition, which is instead of sitting around with the family and like leaving stuff out for Santa, we went and drank like very large glasses of wine with with our eight hundred closest friends at somebody's house. So. <laughs> Not to continue this too much, but I <laughs> forgot like a very, very favorite uh, Christmas Eve tradition is instead of hanging out with my family or anything, uh, there's one bar in Amherst, Massachusetts that's open on Christmas Eve, uh, and it is a wonderful craft bar called a uh, craft beer bar called the Monin Dove, and they have free peanuts and a bunch of board games and it's very dim lighting and they play records um and just my all my high school friends and i we just uh, after our parents go to sleep we go out to the bar have a couple of beers um chat about whatever's going on in our lives uh and uh that's uh, made our parents mad for many many years as someone who worked at tgi fridays through and after college uh, as a bartender, which meant that I worked on Christmas Eve at a bar, you're a monster. <laughs> okay, well, so the, th- the thing is, the the bartenders work there no matter what. Like, there are people at the bar. If nobody shows like, they're up, gonna we be used the... to close and go home. Well, so we'll there are people there, so, like, we're not so the, only not the only ones, only like, mon- keeping the bar the open. Monsters. That's fair. Um, That's fair. But, but also, we... <laughs> Like they know us, like they they know who we are, like they know where the asshole is coming in on Christmas Eve. <laughs> keeping them from keeping them from lighting the fire with their own children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're the we're the so one. Good. They know who the assholes are. <laughs> All right. Okay. He got me. He did everything right. You guys hearing he this? Is this coming through he, on the audio? Oh yeah, it's coming through. <laughs> how many games he does? That's how many stickers he gets. <laughs> this kind of incentive says 
system I think would work really well in the NHL if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Those stickers in the NHL, you know. <laughs> how many games you win, that's how many stickers you get. I mean, that's pretty much what Ohio State does, right? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. how that works. They get the Buckeye stickers. That's uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to work for them. I don't know. They've got their shit figured out. On that note. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, Kat, we, we've kept you uh, well beyond. Just objectively the, too long. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, we, we, we've had you on for a full episode that didn't get released. We've had you on for an episode where you had to cover for me. Um, thank you so much for <laughs> indulging us again. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's always more smart hockey talk on any podcast that you're on than, uh, every other podcast we record combined. Um, no, no offense to our other guests. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's fun. Uh, I don't know if Richie feels the same right now, but he will, he will. But don't don't think uh, that I didn't hear you say on the Jackets debrief that you had a verbal agreement with us to come on yep. every month. So um, I believe I said around every month or so. I think that's the, that's, that's, that's the vague language. That's on you for for not clarifying further. We're taking you, you also twice. invented <laughs> that. Like we we didn't we didn't make that agreement. You said that, but I think that's a verbal contract. So <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> We'll talk to our lawyer, uh, BSC. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, the Blue Jackets podcast is our promo this week. Nice. Is it? Uh, it's it's a good podcast. I really <laughs> we throw it right at the end right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. No, they are, though. They are. I blame Kim. So he asked me if I could come on more regularly, and I said yes. See, I did think it was Cam. Who, it was who did Cam. Something it that. was Cam. I didn't yeah. just make it up on go. the spot. I did. I did. <laughs> I did talk to Cam. So people don't. I think, think that I was kind of just like, a, "Hey, on. you want to just replace me?" <laughs> I, confront, I confronted Cam about that, not in like a we we should stop asking Cat to come on the podcast way. More like a I did. I didn't do this while I was drunk, right? <laughs> uh, no, Cat. I mean you pretty much have the open invitation to come on and or take over this podcast at any point you'd like to next so, time yeah, the video like is going to pop on and it's going to be izzy sitting here <laughs> there you <So>. go <laughs> excellent excellent but uh yeah right, thank well, you for elevating uh, the level of this program far beyond any one of us <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah that that is episode 42 season two episode two in the books of Drinkable Podcast, you can taste Bruins and Bruins, <laughs> a hockey the Hockey Network Podcast Network podcast, <laughs> podcast presented, presented by, by Bruins Diehards. Oh yeah, fuck, we didn't we didn't even think of a song to sing out, but that works too. I appreciate you guys singing my song. Yeah, no, it's a it's a banger. Like if that ever came out of the bar, I'd be like. I'd be like Sergey Bobrovsky just been pumping my fucking shit away. Like, I want to put it on Spotify or whatever so we can have it on like, the touch tunes, touch tunes, put it on in the bar. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments... Where you know you're down three nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want 
And Sergei Bobrovsky, who's like... Does Bobrovsky have vibes even? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's he's probably like... I'd say he's the most underrated weird guy in the league. We don't get okay. enough uh, appreciation for just how weird he is. But he's he's strange. Like, he'll post videos of himself, like, fist pumping on, like, a stationary bike with, like, some weird guy sitting next to him, like, outside of a Russian hut somewhere while, like, blasting Russian techno music. So, like, and, really weird. Yeah. Just, like, standard goalie weird. He was doing... Did you guys see? He was, like, he put his foot up on the ceiling on a cruise ship last summer. So he was in the splits with his foot up on the ceiling, and he was, like, <laughs> once again, fist pumping to, like, Russian techno music. Big fist pumping guy. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, a drinkable podcast you can taste. I am this week's host, Chris Gear. I'm here with Drew Johnson, Cam Hasbrook, and our guest, Kat Silverman. This is episode 42 overall. We'll call it the David Backus episode, I guess. Whoa. What, season two, episode two? Episode two. two yeah. uh, Sure, we're gonna call it episode two. It might become three. At some we're, point. we're not. I don't know. The the Friday episodes yeah. are not. We're not gonna count them. Uh, first of all, Cat, how you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I feel like the farther we get into 2020, like the less I'm able to process people speaking to me. So, but I'm other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty okay. <laughs> what about you guys? <laughs> You're on a podcast where we're going to be speaking to you, so mm-hmm. I hope you get used to it. It's hard to follow. Yeah. I'm setting I'm setting the expectation right now. So I, I think the listeners' expectations are already really, really low for us. So you're on the right podcast. All right, all right, Cam, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I used to kind of go off what Cat was saying. I feel like we're in year twelve instead of month twelve of just like screaming into the void for 2020. So hey, we're in the home stretch here. Let's let's get after it. What you drinking? Oh, Cam? I thought Drew was gonna follow. Up. <laughs> All right, well, I, jump right <laughs> uh, I am drinking a Finder New England Double IPA, uh, and I don't even know what the brewery is here. So let's figure it out. Uh, oh, Finder is the brewery. Oh no, sorry, it's Shipyard. Never mind, I'm an idiot. It is <laughs> a like Shipyard Finder New England Double IPA. I don't know. On the side run of the a can, ship it's a big, here. bold, hazy, and juicy. And I said, I like all four of those things. So here we are. Let's give it a taste. First of all, good beer. <laughs> we know how this goes. Drinkability. Uh, an IPA. Double IPA. Pretty drinkable for a double IPA. Goes down relatively smooth. I'm going to give it like a 28. Very solid for a double IPA. Taste... Certainly big. Cam has now finished half of his beer. Not sure if it's bold. <laughs> it's big. It's, it's somewhat bold. I'm going to give it a, uh, like a 31 for taste. So decent, but for a double IPA, it doesn't explode in your mouth as far as flavors go. I think that's the highest total rating we've had for a double IPA. Uh, I honestly. thought you meant in general, and I was like, didn't you hit a back-to-back 37 last week? And Yeah. But yeah. I think that is pretty, yeah, the highest combined for a double, probably. But good beer, yeah. Cool can, too. It's got like an elevation map thing on it actually i think it's like a, a topography map it's got like tanks on there and shit apparently i don't know what's going on to be honest with you but it looks kind of cool so there you go 
Great. <laughs> awesome. Drew! I am drinking an omission lager. I'm dead, like 100% sure I've had this on the podcast before. I don't know if I've ever rated it, but it's a gluten-free beer. Yeah, I'm going to say you could definitely taste it. It is a little bit heavy, a little on the heavier side, but it is drinkable at the same time. So I'm going to go like 27 across the board. Let's give let's give uh, John Moore some love. I, the only time we'll <laughs> give John Moore some love. Yeah, it's the one and only time you're going to hear that line on this podcast, so... <laughs> Kat, do you have a beverage? Um, I do, but it is non-alcoholic. Uh, in keeping with my very rarely drinking, um, like I said, I'm not processing very well this month. It's uh, it's been a long month. It's been a long year, so I'm drinking a peppermint mocha latte. Holy shit! Let's go. <laughs> it is it is not just it's the the peppermint stick coffee Keurig pods from Target, uh, from their Good and Gather brand, and then. The, I forget which creamer it is, but it's one of the creamers that's also made in a peppermint mocha. So I'm like overloading on Christmas right now. Sounds pretty tasty. Which I, yeah, it's a 37 taste, 37 drinkability. Um, nice. <laughs> just because it's, it's my happy place. I figured I'm, I'm already like, it's been a long day. I've been up since about, well, actually I've been it's up since two. It's about to get a whole two. lot longer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter woke me up at two this morning, went mom, mom, mom. I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And she said, I love you. I was like, cool, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so, so I'm extremely tired right now. So this is this is my lifeline right now. I think if I drank a beer, like I'd, I'd face plant into the keyboard right now. So, so that's where we're at. Um, that's pretty much the content that people expect when they tune into this podcast. So face planting <laughs> into the keyboard. I think that surprisingly would be the first time, but not not very far off. All right, I'm rocking a Stone Chocaveza, uh Mexican hot chocolate imperial stout. Ooh. See how this goes. Oh, you can taste that. Yeah, you can definitely taste that. It's like uh, 32. Drinkability, we're on like an 18. I do not want to drink many of these. This is uh, 8%, mm. and it is... It's got a bite to it. Like burrows. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'm hosting, so I should probably like lead us off with some stuff. Um, I guess we mentioned it on the content on Friday, but I don't know if anyone listens to that. I wouldn't suggest listening to it. Uh, <laughs> I would highly recommend not listening to it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to it. Uh, Why not? <laughs> but uh, we, I guess we're likely to get an NHL season. Uh, oh, yeah. supposedly 56 games starting January 13th would seem it seems really soon I don't know if I believe that I'll believe it when I see it but there's a reason for optimism I guess maybe not so much in terms of how they're going to handle the pandemic during it but um, I, I like the idea that there's going to be hockey I'm not I'm still not sure it should be played but sans bubble at least um, but uh, where where are y'all where are y'all sitting how you how you feeling feeling about hockey season right now? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, there's a little bit like, oh, should they even be doing it? But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped that hockey's gonna be back. I'll watch on TV. I, if if they allow people at games, that's something I definitely don't agree with. But uh, I'm excited to be able to watch it on TV. Yeah, I mean, like. I think we kind of discussed this like the first time hockey came back. I think there is like a space to to equally be excited to watch hockey again and also be like, yeah, but like should we really be doing this? 
And I think that's an important conversation to have, but I don't think you should be, like, shamed for being excited that, you know, like, the sport that we all, like, love and do this podcast for, allegedly, uh, is going to be back. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think there's there's room to be excited to watch it again and also be like, hey, but remember how, like, this pandemic is still going on and it's, like, worse than it's ever been. Maybe not the most important thing to go on right now. And uh, separately, I saw some reports, I haven't looked into it too much, but that the NHL might be privately purchasing a bunch of vaccines for everyone involved in the operation, which kind of, again, is like, well, so, like, cool, hockey's going to be back, but, like, maybe that should go to other people before the whole NHL. Supposedly Ah. not jumping the line. Yeah. I, the, there was a caveat that came out like six hours later that was like, whoa, 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 whoa after the backlash. <laughs> whoa, whoa, no, 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 we're not jumping the line or anything. We'll when buy it's widely after available. everyone we're gonna... else gets it, yeah. Which is, <laughs> what, July? Why does that make sense? But July? also, but also <laughs> in time for the January 13th start, because that's not what I'm hearing yeah. from, yeah. Mm, they'll yeah. retroact, they'll, they'll pay for it in July after getting they're it gonna, in January. So they're not jumping the line by paying for yeah, it exactly. when they should be they're getting gonna it. They're going to reverse gonna retro vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they wouldn't be buying it from like a country or anything. They'd just be buying it from these companies that own it. And that is why like the rich will get it first, actually. Yeah. I mean, America. it's, it's, it's Capitalism. funny, though. <laughs> it's funny that they think there's... I think it's super cute that they think there's going to be a season when we're literally watching the World Juniors fiasco play out as they're announcing all this news. Like, the plane situation with... Uh, it's what? Finland, Sweden, and Russia are on one plane. The Czech Republic. Oh, who? Germany, I think. And then Slovakia, maybe, are on another plane, which, first off, three teams plus all of their equipment on one plane. Like, fuck out of here. Sorry. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, that's you they're having trouble with the weight to begin with like they're not able to get all their stuff there they're gonna have to stop to refuel twice on their way to edmonton that's crazy like i've I've done an intercontinental flight you shouldn't have to stop twice what are they doing um so it's really excited for their stop in iceland right (laughs) so it's it's super stupid like they're cramming all these countries together onto one plane like the the sweden finland russia plane fascinates me because it's a country that claims there is no pandemic that won't tell anyone how often they're testing their players won't tell anyone if any players have tested positive uh thank you russia um then you've got finland who's been doing everything right and like trying to keep it together and then they're shoving them with with like drunk russia here and then sweden who are trying to like wheel back all of their freedoms uh but they're they have some of the worst case numbers her herd capita, immunity like, country. Yeah, the the herd immunity is failing. And so I think that's fascinating. Like, I don't know how they got Finland to agree to it. I know the I think it was the Czech Republic was super mad about it. A Finnish outlet accused Hockey Canada of being the ones who booked the planes for them, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there was like there was a wow. Finnish news outlet Canadians. pointing fingers at Canada. So World War Three is going to start over the World Junior Tournament, is what I'm hearing. Like this apparently, is be... <laughs> Junior. Everybody, World War everybody III. thought it was going to be the U.S. and Iran in January. Little did they know it's going to be the <laughs> pandemic and then the hockey. And and to be fair, if Canada's going to start a World War over anything, fair. it's probably over it's hockey. Be gonna be over that i just i don't think it's gonna happen like i don't think the world juniors is actually gonna be able to play out the way they think it will well because of the world war and so 
<laughs> and then John John Beecher, uh, Bruins prospect, won't be at fault for him and his roommate getting kicked off the team. Oh, she ran away. My oh. child keeps like sneaking, so she's right next to the camera and then running away. Yes, ma'am. Waiting for the guest appearance. That's awesome. She she doesn't want me sharing what she just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like I don't know why they think the NHL season's gonna gonna move forward without any delays when. The QMJHL hasn't figured their stuff out. College hockey's going only marginally better than college football, where we just watched uh, here in Arizona that Battle of Arizona game, the Territorial Cup, where ASU like curb stomped U of A 70 to 7. And that was ASU's third game of the season. Yeah. They've only gotten to play three. So <laughs> I don't know why they think the NHL season's gonna gonna work super well without some sort of bubble, but that's okay because I know that credentialing-wise, there's no way they're going to have us in the press box. So I'm fully resigned to watching games, not on my TV either, because Hulu has dropped Fox Sports here. So I guess I'm I'm going to be watching it via listening to it via radio, if it ever happens. I'm not I'm not super pumped about it, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Grinch here. <laughs> no, I think it's reasonably like hard to like to, to have trouble getting excited for something like this when it's like again you look at where we are and like you know like six months ago we were like think of where we could be in six months and now it's like oh we're worse like i kind of saw it coming but like <laughs> yeah it still doesn't feel great so it's understandable for sure cat regardless of whether or not you're gonna watch the games i have a feeling you've seen all of these unreal ccm setups that they're building for the goalies so so i've i've seen them I've I've seen them. I have very strong feelings about goalie gear brands, so I'm not I'm not a huge CCM fan. The only brand I like less is is Vaughn. So I think they they look okay. I've been kind of bummed that Brian's hasn't really been rolling out a whole lot of gear. We haven't really been been seeing a whole lot of setups out of them, probably because they're a small company that doesn't think the NHL season's gonna happen. I don't want to get in trouble with them for saying that. Uh, but no, they, I don't know. I think we've seen some cool gear coming out. I just don't know if we're ever actually going to see it. <laughs> wow, way to, Keep it fresh. way to Grinch uh, Cam's roast beast uh, feast. <laughs> there, there have been some really cool setups, though. Some A lot of the, the 3D printing that we've been seeing, or not 3D printing, the, the digital printing that we've been seeing from, from the various companies, not just like Bauer's been doing it. I believe CCM has been rolling it out. Vaughn's stuck in 1995, so they don't matter. The stuff that we've been seeing from True, it's going to be kind of cool seeing True Hockey uh, since they basically have the masterminds behind CCM as we know them working for them right now. That's that's super technical gear stuff, but I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll look for the pads. I just don't know if I'll watch all the games. I'll probably have to for my job. I shouldn't be seeing this. I'm gonna <laughs> that, <laughs> that's rewind. the entire I'm aesthetic of this everything. podcast. <laughs> rewind. This I'm whole podcast, everything. I shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> don't worry. No one's listening. <laughs> Prospective sponsors ignore that part. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> yeah, we, we prefaced it with, like, here's a bunch of shit we shouldn't say. Let's all record it in a microphone and put it out for the world. I mean, that was our entire Friday episode, so please don't listen to that. Um... All right, cat. Goalie person, very smart goalie person. I have one question in like twelve parts. 
All right. <laughs> you have to give them to me step by step, please. <laughs> so let me process. There was a really interesting goalie carousel this off season, and it it sort of it doesn't pertain to the Bruins in any actual way, but I think you can, in a microcosm sort of way, expand it out and apply the scenario to the Bruins goaltending scenario. So I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And it's what happened in Vancouver, Calgary, with that whole carousel. Um, And more specifically, Thatcher Demko and the long period of development for him where especially people from Boston understand that this dude was the golden child like he was supposed to be the next big goaltending prospect and it's just taken him forever to get to the show and that's kind of the track that most goalies are taking now um just curious if that's what to expect from goaltenders from now on or is that like a change in philosophy over the course of the last decade or so where it just kind of seems like all right these guys are going to languish for a while in lower leagues college ahl and then when do you start to trust guys like that because i mean i I know you're more of an eye test person than a fancy stats person not that you ignore fancy stats but i I feel like goalie fancy stats aren't necessarily the crap indicative of (laughs) what how how skillful a goalie is especially for people who don't watch a lot of ahl and lower level games like how do you start to trust a player whose stats maybe don't match up with how skillful they are so thatcher demko is kind of a unique situation uh for starters uh the goalie carousel I think totally pertains to the Bruins because they're one of three teams that basically left the 2019-20 season with, if you looked at the top 10 stats for goalies last year, like the top 10 performers across even the, like the fancy stats categories, the tracked categories with clear sight analytics, stuff like that. Basically that top 10 was made up of the two Coyotes goalies, the two Stars goalies, the two Bruins goalies, and they all stayed put. And then you had these other teams with basically the outlier there was like Connor Hellebuck. He stayed put. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was up there. He stayed put. And then you had Jacob Markstrom and he boogied. <laughs> he he went from Vancouver to Calgary, which I'm fascinated by Calgary. Like, I think that's a super unique situation. Just looking at that carousel right there, because Calgary has now gone through Arizona's failed goalie um, in Mike Smith. When Arizona wanted to boot him out and, you know, bring in new blood, they they were like, we'll take him. He's our answer. Was not their answer. So they sent him to Edmonton, recycled Edmonton's old goalie, and brought in Cam Talbot. They made, like, a direct swap there. Said, oh, this guy didn't work in Edmonton. Maybe he'll work for us. Much like Mike Smith. Let's let's do a change in scenery in vaguely different Alberta cities. Twice, yes, <laughs> twice in a row. They went with Mike Smith and they went with Cam Talbot. And neither of those really... Cam Talbot was starting to trend up, but not not in any sort of a meaningful, like, difference-making way. And so Jacob Markstrom really kind of, I think he could have stayed for an extra year or two as a mentor to the aforementioned Thatcher Demko there. But it was it was Thatcher's crease, I would say, arguably by last year. Um, they sort of split it right there, and then I think they would have split it again next year. Jacob Markstrom kind of deserved to finally get his payday because he took forever to hit the NHL. Um and so he moved out as a free agent, very clearly was a starting goalie. So Calgary was like, oh, we'll take another divisional rivals 
departing goaltender, third acquired goaltender in a row. We'll take him from another another divisional rival, except this is the only one that they've brought on that I have any modicum of confidence that he's going <laughs> to succeed. So, so good for them. They finally, like, third time's the charm. I'm excited for Markstrom. I think he's going to do do great things there. Um, but it does open that door for for Thatcher Demko in kind of a kind of a unique way because he, like I like I said earlier, he did have kind of a unique situation where college goaltending is obviously four years instead of you know in the OHL, QMJHL, USHL, you age out at most at 21. And that's for, for the CHL, that's your overage year. You age out there and you have to go pro. And so with college, you have guys that they'll play in the USHL or the BCHL until they're 19, sometimes in the USHL until they're 20, and then they'll go to college. So you then have potentially four years. That puts you at 24. So that's you have guys coming from the CHL at 20, and then you have these guys coming in who are essentially four years earlier. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for for the listeners, she's counting in the background really aggressively loudly, and I <laughs> I can't I can't do that. I quit. Um, but no, so already collegiate goalies end up in a little bit of a a later development path just by nature of the NCAA. Um, and then he had a little bit of an injury issue. He I believe it was concussions for two consecutive years where he really didn't get a chance to get that AHL development. So he wasn't as much languishing there as he was injured. And it wouldn't have been smart for them to immediately jump him up behind Alex Gabranson, Tyler Myers, and like the corpse of Chris Tanev and say, cool, here's your, here's your <laughs> intro to the NHL. You're recovering from a concussion. Don't get hit in the head again. Bye. So they, they kept him in the NHL, which I think was smart. You know, they gave him a chance to fully heal, uh, to get his development back, because uh, sitting out with a concussion, that, that loses you some development time for sure. So I don't necessarily think we're going to see that kind of path for a ton of guys, just because you have to be both a collegiate goalie who goes for, you know, a couple years and then go, go pro and get hurt. So you have to spend more time in the AHL before you finally make the jump. Um, but he's there. He seems healthy at this point, which is good. I think at this point he's in he's in the NHL to stay. And he's, he's what, only 25, 26? So it's not the worst situation. It's not like he's 28, 29, 30 and just hitting the NHL. But it's, it's his net next year. Braden Holtby, even if he makes the proper rebound, which... He's expected to, based on some of those underlying numbers with blocked shots, screenshots, cross-ice passes, stuff like that. Washington had the second worst defense in the league last year. <laughs> so he's in an environment to only go up from there. Yeah, they were awful. They Norris set him up finalist to fail. John Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, well, it was John Carlson, and then it was like nothing else. And so they struggled last year. John Carlson didn't. The rest of them did. And so... Holtby should bounce back, but he's getting older. He's what, 33, 34? Yeah. Somewhere in that range. He's he's about Tuca's age, I think a little younger, but has been low on the regular season stats over the last, I don't know, like three, four years. And so he should be the 1B behind Demko. And so I think it's, it's, 
I think that's a perfect situation because you have someone with experience. You have someone who has shown that they're a Vezina caliber goalie, excluding the last year and a half. So you have you have the talent. You just you don't have someone who's then trying to beat down the door. So I don't think Holtby would try and try and usurp Demko in any way. Um, watch nah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he seems, seems like a good dude. He like he waited in the U.S. for another like an extra couple of weeks while the rest of his family got got settled in Vancouver because like they wouldn't let his tortoises across the border. So he like he chilled in the U.S. with his pet tortoises until they they got. Wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. You what? He did what? Wait, you didn't? I no, I did not hear about that. this, and I need to know about this. <laughs> oh, this is incredible story. why is it Best that every time cat comes on she just has like an earth shattering like revelation like last time it was pest apollo now it's like Braden <laughs> holby not only does he have tortoises but he's leaving his family alone to stay with the tortoises like what <laughs> yeah he has two pet tortoises they're giant there there's some videos of them on twitter like playing street hockey with the family they're adorable they're like <laughs> they're not little like they're not little turtles they're like this big they're wow. they're probably the size of like like a manhole cover in the street so (laughs) yeah they're huge and so they had to get like they had to get clearance from like an import license from both the u.s they had to get the export license from the u.s department of agriculture and then an import license from the canadian wildlife and fishing services or something (laughs) and they forgot one of the two forms so they were stopped at the border and like they couldn't come across with the turtles so he like he waited in the U.S. with them. I do appreciate stuff like that, though, because, like, you know, you don't want invasive species and stuff like that going across borders. And well, you're not in, that yeah. tortoises are invasive species, but you're in you're in San Diego, so I'm sure you've uh, have you had to go through those border checkpoints in between Arizona and California, where like all they ask you is it's it's ice, they chill, and instead of asking you. Uh, are you a U.S. citizen? They ask you, do you have any fruits or vegetables in your car? Because <laughs> you might bring uh, like insects or like various creatures like in with with the produce when you go across the border. So if you if you go between the states, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to bring vegetables to... with you. <laughs> I went to Sedona about a year ago. It caught me way off guard. We had we had like an apple in somebody's lunchbox, and because we drove out to Anaheim one time, and we were like, I was like, we have an apple. Like, is that okay? And the guy was like, <laughs> he's like, why would you even ask me that? I was like, why are you asking me this? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what do you mean? That is like one of my favorite parts about like going across the Canadian border. Is like. Question one is like, do you have any firearms? And I'm like, oh no. And then question two is like, well, what about any fruit? And I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? To like, how do we get from firearms to fruit? Like, what is that? What? But I, it that is why, yeah. Invasive species. Now, now we get it. Yeah. The tortoises. One of the big ones. <laughs> the one of the big ones is uh, bringing, bringing like chopped wood from state to state in in certain. Oh, because of like the termites. England. Yeah, New England. That's Not termites. Thing. There's like. Well, like wood lice and, and different types of uh, invasive species. I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. I actually saw, I was I was hiking in New Hampshire today, um, and on the way back, we, when we came back into Maine, they had, like, as soon as it was like, welcome to Maine, the next sign was like, we don't get bring your fucking active. firewood here. <laughs> and I was like, how are they going to, I mean, it didn't say that, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm a little bit of hyperbole here, but... Like, my buddy, like, commented, bit. and he was like... He was it like, is New Hampshire. He's like, what's up with, like, what's up with the sign? I mean, I knew what it was for, but it was just like, welcome to Maine, and then it was just like, 
Firewood? Uh-uh, not firewood. here. Not here. <laughs> I was like, how would they know? You know, they can't tell, but but don't do it, I guess. So that makes me that makes me nervous because I, I brought my I have trail running shoes. Um so that because in Arizona, like back east, I used to go trail running all the time. And like in New York, trail running's on wood chips. Like you wear your running shoes and then you occasionally get hit by a tree branch. <laughs> In Arizona, trail running is like you're on rocks, like you're climbing mountains. And so if you're not wearing a shoe that has like hiking boot lugs on the base, you slide right down those mountains. And I've done it. And you have to be able to you have to be able to kick a rattlesnake if necessary. I don't want to talk about those. (laughs) So I brought my trail shoes with me to go hiking on Kauai Peak outside San Diego for my daughter's birthday. And uh now I'm wondering, like, did I bring any creatures? Because I, I literally trail ran in Arizona in those shoes, like, the day before we drove out. So now I'm now I'm paranoid. If if you guys end up with now an you're, infestation, now you're outing of, yourself. Like, <laughs> you guys end up with an you're Arizona outing yourself on this really popular uh, San Diego, Arizona podcast. My bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, no, yeah, did that answer your question? To circle back to, to <laughs> San Diego, did that answer your question? absolutely okay. answers my question <laughs> <laughs> presented by bruins diehards ladies and gentlemen and the hockey podcast network a, the <laughs> hockey podcast network podcast <laughs> a drinkable podcast you can taste so yeah I, I guess the the one other goalie situation i wanted to talk about that doesn't really have much to do with the bruins but i don't know i, I pinpointed this like uh a while back early on in the podcast just like we were looking through cap friendly and just kind of noticed on pittsburgh's page like oh (laughs) tristan (laughs) tristan jari and matt murray are like both coming up as rfas and so uh, we were just talking about how like that was going to be an interesting deal once the offseason came around turns out it was yeah um matt murray's gone (laughs) with matt murray traded to the senators um just curious what you think about matt murray and um i also tristan jari who really hasn't had a lot of time in the nhl but did look really good this past season there i've in in the most professional way possible i've like the biggest heart on for tristan jari when it comes to like his on his <laughs> play he's fantastic like he's he's who i thought was pittsburgh's goalie of the future and then just based on once again looking at injuries like Thatcher Demko. Uh, Tristan Jari was injured when they needed a call-up, um, and so Matt Murray got the call-up over him, um, and the rest is history, literally. So now Tristan Jari is like finally getting his shot. He's more technically sound, a little bit more structured, a little bit more conservative with his movement than, than Matt Murray can tend to be, uh, a little bit more based on that sort of wait-and-see style of goaltending. Uh, you don't really see him trying to trying to deke out the shooters. Um, <laughs> he just kind of stands there and waits, um, which which was not always Matt Murray's mo. Um, and I feel I feel kind of bad for Matt Murray because I think he probably could have used another probably another year of development at the AHL level before coming up. And obviously, like he's laughing his way to the bank with two Stanley Cups. Probably yeah, don't me to fuck myself. I don't feel too bad um, for him, <laughs> but. In terms of his long-term development, he still had some holes in his game, even when he was going through that playoff run. And over time, they became kind of kind of like the Martin Jones situation with San Jose. 
nobody really was able to go in and fix those little lateral movement inefficiencies and they became super exploitable. So the more other teams picked up on it, the easier it was for them to sort of pinpocket that or pinpoint that. And so he just sort of reached a point where he was he was floundering a little bit because um, in order to make himself less predictable for for the shooters, he became less predictable for himself. I feel like his his technique sort of took a took a pretty steep nosedive there. Um, he's been working with Adam Francilia, who I, I can't say enough good things about him. He's the guy who works with Connor Hellebeck in the offseason, um, worked with Devin Dubnik. He's going to be working with him again in San Jose. He's a consultant for them. Uh, he's been working with Martin Jones since March. So once the season ended in San Jose, he took over helping him out. Uh, he works with Thomas Grice. So as a secondary Sharks fan, I hope that works out. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I, I was on the the Locked On Sharks podcast last night, and they were like, "So, what's up with that?" And I was like, "Godspeed!" Like I think that's Doug Wilson <laughs> saying that's Doug Wilson saying he is perfectly fine with not making the playoffs next year. Like that is not their goal, uh, and if they do, it'll be a yeah. very happy accident. And so. But yeah, so Adam Francilia is a biomechanics guy. He's been working with Justin Schultz essentially since he came to Pittsburgh. Uh, really helped him out with his biomechanics, his skating. We've seen that huge turnaround in his game as a defender. Uh, he's been working with Tyler Myers, keeping him so he's not quite as injury prone. Um, so I think that when it comes to those biomechanical flaws in Jones and Murray's games, he's a good guy to help with that. So I think we should see a little bit of an uptick for Murray. Um, I don't know if the Ottawa situation is going to be a blessing or a curse um, because expectations are lowered. I think Penguins fans may be a little mean to him online. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> they were they they expected that they had a Vesna caliber uh, starting goalie, and he very much needed some work. And they felt a little duped. Uh, we're not the nicest about it. Um, reading his Instagram comments <laughs> sometimes made me ill. Uh, it was very unkind. So. Lower pressure situation. Again, never read the comments. Uh, Lower pressure (laughs) situation in Ottawa. Obviously, he has a chance to make mistakes without tanking his team season. They do that fine enough on their own. But (laughs) the downside is that's not a very structured team to play behind when you're trying to establish some consistency in your game. So so we'll see how that goes for him. I'm kind of curious as to what Pittsburgh's going to do now because Casey DeSmith, I guess, is okay. Putting his off-ice problematic past like in another box entirely his on ice play is fine he's not somebody that i would consider your tandem and they don't really have a, a number two guy right now i don't think yeah you're putting you're putting jari in that like hella buck role yeah now. they're they're like go forth like be free um he's he's their starter and it's kind of i mean columbus really went falls out on that that sort of scenario last year when they put two guys with a combined like 30 games of north american hockey experience as their <laughs> nhl starter and backup and then no NA, no guys with north american experience in the ahl so they just sort of yoloed it um and it worked out for them might work out for pittsburgh um they drafted two very good goalies this year consecutively with their first two picks of the draft so they have help coming. One of them's Cal Kling from, uh, from Sweden. The other one's Joel Blomqvist from Finland. Great guys, national team players. Not going to be ready this year. So I don't know what they, what they were hoping for. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fun situation. I'm not super sure how that one's going to 
going to shake out for either of those guys. But I wish them both the best, I guess. So you, you mentioned earlier a couple, like, goaltending situations that really have stood out to you from last season. Obviously, like, those are, you know, ones you're going to be watching going into this season. But with the new NHL season allegedly starting in a couple of weeks, are there any, like, sleeper setups where you're like, yeah, this, watch this team and they could have something special going on this year? So obviously the Rangers. I think uh, Igor Shesterkin, stupid good. I know people were super excited about Ilya Samsonov. It's not bashing him. I think Shesterkin arguably could be the best goaltender in the league at some point in his career. And very clearly, the Rangers feel confident enough in that and that he's ready to start that upward trend uh, because they they parted ways with with their god, who is now... In Braden Holtby's role. Praise be King Henrik. <laughs> right? <laughs> King Henrik's in Holtby's role, who's now in Markstrom's role, who's now in Talbot's role, who's now in Dubnik's role, who's now in Arendelle's role. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's just like NHL coaches and white men just bouncing around. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that should be an interesting, I think that's going to be a good one. That's a, that's a sleeper that I think is going to be just scary to play against because uh, Alexander Gorgiev. Also crazy good. Um, they're both Russian goaltenders who play more of a North American friendly style of game. They're not quite as explosive with their movement as a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky under Vasilevsky. So there's less that you need to tweak and rein in from the get-go. They're both already kind of where the Rangers like their goalies to be. I think New Jersey's going to be. If the rest of their team can get figured out, which... There's a lot going on there. They have nine forwards signed and six defenders, and like the season starts in three weeks. But goalie wise, they have Mackenzie. <laughs> yeah, they have they have Mackenzie Blackwood coming back. He's been crazy good for the last couple years. Uh, and then Corey Crawford, who Chicago couldn't have done him dirtier if they'd actively tried to. Wanted to come back. They told him to fuck off. And so he signed with, with New Jersey, where he's going to get a really good backup. In... I wanted him to be free. I wanted him to be free. I felt, I felt sad. I wish he'd signed somewhere different, though. Like, I, I, I don't know if there's, there's a good place. I think like, that, that was places, a good place Most of the contending teams have a good goal. Like, I think but, that was a really good place um, for him, because Chicago really did do him dirty there in that we didn't really know for sure where he was going to be uh, to the point where I had suggested that maybe they weren't going to resign him because I'd been hearing rumblings and then Pierre Lebrun was hearing rumblings that they would. And everybody was getting conflicting info. I'm sure he was getting conflicting info. Uh, we found out that he wasn't going to get signed like the start of free agency and all of those quality spots, like the the Vancouver spot with Holtby, the Calgary spot with Markstrom, like, they were already locked up. And so I think he found about as good a place as he could have. Um, he didn't settle for L.A. or Anaheim, who both. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so he, he didn't punish himself. He just, it's a new new situation for him. Um, I liked Corey Schneider. He didn't Ryan Miller himself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> who, who may or may not be back. We don't know. Um, Anaheim's either going to have John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz, or they're going to have john gibson and ryan miller and like nobody knows but yeah i think i think uh new jersey is going to be sneaky fun to watch i'm fascinated by what chicago is going to look like now because they have a uh, they have colin delia who very good played for i believe it was merrimack and malcolm suban former bruins prospect who made his debut with what did he did he did he make a save or was it a 500 save percentage i can't remember whether it was a zero i think or he 500 got in that he first got game. one I think he yeah. got one. 
it was it was rough. Yeah, so he he was a part of that Robin Lehner trade, and then Chicago decided, you know, he he hasn't established himself as a legit bona fide starter at the NHL level. Colin Delia hasn't established himself as an NHL goaltender, so we'll go with these two. They're doing the Columbus <laughs> Yolo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, side note: I just looked over. My daughter is a currently rearranging my shoes my running shoes she's moving them from by the front door <laughs> the, the pause as soon as you turn around she's like shit i've been figured out them, she's literally blockading our laundry room <laughs> and i would have gotten no, away with it no, I, yeah, I see what out of running shoes so i know our i know the listeners can't can't see what's going on but this is this is entertaining yeah, just imagine, just imagine a child stacking shoes in front of I think that's symbolic of like a, a goaltending prowess of just like building the wall. She's like, I'm gonna stop. She's building Nobody's a brick wall. This is mine. Build the wall. Out of my and the the door frame I, I, compared to her like like side to side is probably like about you know comparable to an adult person and a, and a, you know net. So pretty much, she's just getting used to. That. <laughs> She's Jesus protecting Jesus. her crease. What's the ratio? We gotta go. We gotta get the measurements. <laughs> moving, moving forward. <laughs> um, I don't know what's gonna happen with. Uh, I think Dallas is gonna be fun to watch because uh, apparently Ben Bishop is not gonna be cleared to play until something like April. I thought he was gonna be good to go. Apparently he's not. So they're going to have uh, Anton Hedobin, and then I believe it's Jake Ottinger is gonna be there their number two i was gonna ask you about jake ottinger because he's kind of in that same class not necessarily now but he was kind of yeah. in that same deal as demko where like this is the next big prospect and it's been a long time so during the off season i asked uh current current dallas stars beat writer saad Youssef, which congratulations to him he is a first generation you had him on your podcast right yeah i did i First-generation Muslim immigrant to the United States who is now holding a beat for, for an NHL team, which is super awesome. He's he's thrilled Fuck to bits. Yeah. I'm thrilled to bits for him. Plugging him on a podcast for a team that he does not cover. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I asked him about Ottinger for, for a thing that I was doing on the top 15 guys who are close to hitting the NHL. Um, and he told me that he'd asked a couple of the team scouts in a couple of the front office guys in Texas, in Cedar Park, their AHL team. And they basically thought that Ottinger would be ready for sheltered NHL action this season. Towards the end of the year, obviously that's going to be accelerated because of Bishop's injury. Um, but yeah, so they were, they were ready to move him up this year into some sort of a graduated role um i don't know what they were going to do with bishop after that but he was he was going to make that jump up i think dallas got a little gun shy with with the jack campbell situation that was a obviously you know that was a top 11 guy i think they drafted him 11th overall in 2010 and then his development just kind of kind of tanked and he ended up in the echl before having to get get a fresh start entirely in la um but yeah, I think that I think they were just a little cautious there. Um, I think he's NHL already. I think he should be fine. I, I never really know what's going on with Dallas. Sometimes they look like like a team that makes it to the Stanley Cup final. Sometimes they look like they're in the basement. So who knows what he's gonna get? Um, that 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 should be fun. I'm fascinated to see what Cal Peterson does in LA because I think Jonathan Quick's done. 
I haven't seen a good oh, game from him in yeah, so it's been done. a couple years now. Um, with no disrespect, one of the you know one of the most prolific American-born goaltenders of all time. Um, just UMass Amherst, just tapped, absolutely tapped. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think the only situation I'm not fascinated by and excited for is a uh, Montreal because I think that's like Carey Price is Carey Price. I don't think there's anything overly intriguing about that situation i think jake allen's an upgrade over every ahl guy they they tried to sign in a in a backup role there for the last four or five years so massive upgrade over keith kincaid with no disrespect to a to a long island boy a good long island dustin tokarski um i i am i am i am interested in that situation though because he's always been asked to be the just carry the entire load and I'm interested to see what happens if they start playing Jake Allen in a 1B scenario, which is a, a, a thing that has taken over the entire NHL. This is not news, um, but that Carey Price has been the, when he's not been injured, has been the guy who's carrying the load on usually a really bad defensive team. Um, so I, I, I would say I'm interested in that. But in general, I'm interested in every goaltending scenario because I play fantasy hockey and I want to know what's going on. I think, uh, honestly, I think what we're going to see with the Carey Price situation is we're going to see the Tukarask situation Mama, between what we saw with, uh, Mama, with Gustafsson. What is that? It's iced tea. I'm not supposed to have iced tea. You're allowed to have it tonight. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad that these, these moments always get captured on your podcast. <laughs> catching your good um, side, yeah. <laughs> yeah, catching catching my parenting moments here. Um, my parenting abuse. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention so, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm the tweet personified. No, uh, when we look at what happened with, with Tuka Rask, when he had, when he had Gus as, as his backup and... Mm. Trying Yikes. to remember yeah. who was who was before that. Um, yeah, that was Nick's that was Fedberg. tragic. I was I was pregnant. It was, it was Nick Svedberg and then Jonas Gustafsson. I was watching that Gustafsson game against Ottawa, just like hoping they were going to make the playoffs, and he just Mister Rebound himself. Goals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know, once they once they actually brought in a tandem, we saw not only Tukarask bring his game back up, but I think he's going to last longer. And I think that's going to be the case with Carey Price, too. I think we're just going to see him. And that's part of why Henrik Lundqvist eventually was tapped, why Braden Holtby was tapped. They just didn't have adequate support. Um, so so I think that's that's what we're going to see from Price. I think it's going to make some fantasy owners mad that he won't have 75 starts. But, you know. Fantasy owners have been mad at him they can, for they years can stay leading mad up to now. They so. can stay mad. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, Drew hasn't talked in like an hour. Drew, how's he going? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just digesting all the information. So I'm still on Demco's. <laughs> Drew's at, just not used to any level of intellectual like, <laughs> like prowess being on this podcast. So he's just taking the extra moment to process everything. Um, Kat, I think I asked you kind of some like version of this question last time we had you on, but. It looks like Wait, last time to, last time we had her on the Lost episode or That's the, true. So maybe <laughs> listeners haven't heard this. But it, it, it seems to like Simpletons like Chris Drew and I <laughs> that some teams are Chris just, Drew and me, Cam. Chris Drew yeah, and me. Well, exactly. I mean, follow the sentence. <laughs> but some teams seem to be a lot better at just finding good goaltending talent. I think the New York Rangers are a team that you can look at right now which again, like they find themselves in goalie heaven. 
Is there anything noticeable that you're aware of that they do differently in their approach to either scouting or developing or something like that versus other teams who just seem to strike out every time? Or do they just kind of stumble their way into two, you know, very promising NHL talents? So I think part of it is uh, certain teams um, have goalie scouts. Not all of them do. Certain teams... uh, that's insane their... to me. Yeah, that that blows my <laughs> like, mind. How the fuck is that? You're an them. NHL team. Like I guess uh, like junior team, yeah. maybe not, but like Cat, you said you said that on the first appearance on this podcast that I was not here for, but I listened to it. <laughs> and that <laughs> that blows my mind that there are teams that are not doing everything they can to gain an edge in what is the most important position in the sport, maybe? Uh, if not most important, most interesting, and the one where you can gain a a big advantage if you have a scout or something that can, I don't know, yeah. a guru of some sort. Well, that's that's part of it. You look at these teams that uh that have done a really good job with their pipelines. Namely, I think uh, I think New York's a really good one. Um, Washington's a really good one. And then you look at the guys who are at the helm of their goaltending, like their goaltending coaching charts and you have Benoit I believe it's Benoit Allaire in uh in New York and then you have uh you had Mitch Korn he's now with the Islanders um but you had Mitch Korn in Washington and those are teams that consulted their goalie coaches before they drafted guys um there was a guy that was drafted by the Rangers a couple years back that yeah just like head explosion Rangers drafted a guy I was kind of surprised by it um talked to someone they said oh yeah, I heard that he's someone who was scouted extensively by Alaire. And so he likes him. He thinks that that's someone that he can really work with. It's someone that he gets along with. So that's that's a guy that he really wanted the team to take. And that makes sense. Whereas there is another team that I will not mention by name because I don't want to get someone in trouble. But I was talking to their goalie coach at the draft. I was at the draft and texted him and said, this kid this is surprising, right? Like, I was like, what did you think about this kid before you guys drafted him? Is he the style that you're looking for? And he said, I was going to text you and ask you what you knew about him because I've never seen this kid before in my life. So their goalie coach had never watched wow. this kid play and they ended up not Yikes. signing him. This kid this kid was drafted two years ago, three drafts ago, two years ago, and they didn't sign him. They let his rights expire because he wasn't, like, I, I don't understand how that level of incompetence is okay. But it is for some teams. They think it's a hit or miss thing. There are some teams that think that goaltending, because there is so much involved with technical development and physical development and injuries that can really impact it. So I think there are some teams that think you can find guys later on once the prodigies who get injured or wiped out. You know, you can find other guys in free agency. So they will draft reach picks. Um, they'll draft guys that maybe are going to pan out, maybe not, and then save the valuable ones for, for free agency, which I think is kind of a kind of a spicy way to do it. That's like not drafting a top-line center because you figure you'll sign him in free agency later. That's like that's like a peak Toronto yeah. thing to do. Um, it's just a never good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the Toronto model. So You just gained yeah. five followers from shitting on the Maple Leafs <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> not that any – it's the five people that listen to the podcast. But just We're the, all happy now. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's... Uh, I would just shocked if there's anyone who listens to this podcast who doesn't already follow Kat. Uh, Drew, do you have anything? 
<laughs> What's a goalie again? I forget. No, um, voodoo. <laughs> no, I wrong. I honestly really don't have anything. Because right, well, so I, I want to. I want to sound. And then Cam came up with some, and now I got nothing. I want. I want to sound Drew smart again. Shot at making the NHL. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 Would I be I, a good goalie? <laughs> I want to sound smart again, and this got, uh, I think, cut off of our uh, our last episode. But the comparison I always make is uh, goalies in the, NH- in the NHL to running backs in the NFL, where the appreciation for the skill involved with the position is not necessarily in line with the production so like all right there's this feeling like as long as you have this level of skill you can succeed at this position based on what you have around you so like yeah obviously if you have a great offensive line that can run block you can be a running back in the nfl if you pass this bar of of talent but also that doesn't mean that an extra level of talent is useless like that extra level of talent only makes you better. It's it, so you're devaluing the position based on uh, the value of the players around them. So if you have an excellent goaltender, uh, let's take for example the defensive uh, structure that was around Tim Thomas at the time of the Bruins winning the cup. The, he at that time was an excellent goaltender, but if you put a goaltender who was like competent in there around that defensive structure obviously going to be fine but maybe not going to get you to that point where you're elevating the entire team to a stanley cup level and i think the goalie position has been discounted across the league because of that weird uh evaluation of the position yeah it's uh we're strange because when you look at that devaluation it does sort of fall in line with that that running back analogy where you have this this basic uh implication from people that a goaltender is only as good as the team around them um and if your team's not good it doesn't matter if your goalie's good or not and you know you don't you don't need to draft super aggressively for it um but when it comes to the actual skill development i equate them a little more to the quarterback just because there is a completely different coaching system that needs to be implemented with a goalie um to the rest of the team. And so it's kind of like, you know, with a quarterback, if you don't have a good QB coach, like then you're Josh Rosen. Um, And so there's a, there's this disconnect though, because goalies should be treated like quarterbacks and instead they're treated like running backs. And it's kind of weird. I don't really understand why teams do that. uh, Cause I think teams would be a lot better if they didn't. Uh, we're, we're finally starting to see a shift in the right direction. You know, the, the Arizona Coyotes hired uh, Brian DeCord, stop at goaltending. I believe he, he was out of Massachusetts. Um, he's he's going to be their new director of goaltending, and then under him is going to be Corey Schwab, who's their NHL goaltending coach, and then under him is uh, Zach Burke, who is their development goalie coach. They have a three-tiered system, um, I believe, that's what the Islanders are doing. Mitch Korn is their director of goaltending, and then they have goalie coaches under him. Uh, and now we have that in Florida, where they now have uh, Francois Allaire has come out of retirement. Uh, he had been with the Colorado Avalanche for a long time, retired, and then 
decided to come back. And he is being joined by both of the Luongo brothers. Uh, Roberto Luongo and his brother are going to be heading this. They're calling it a goaltending excellency department or something. (laughs) And then they have their goaltending coaches under that, Rob Tallis. And then I forget who their AHL coach is. But so they have this like tiered pyramid system scheme. Where I, I, yeah i was gonna say it's the goaltending pyramid scheme it is it's exactly. the mlm of a uh, of goaltending but, so but i i love it if uh roberto longo is involved anything that makes me yeah. not have to hate roberto Longo. i just want to see yeah. how how sergey bobrovsky responds to instruction from roberto longo because i feel like i've i've talked to them both great guys very different vibes like i don't I want I want to be a fly on the wall during a conversation between Bobby Lou and Sergey Bobrovsky, who's like. Does Bobrovsky have vibes even? Yes. Oh yeah, he's he's probably like. I'd say he's the most underrated weird guy in the league. We don't get okay. enough uh, appreciation for just how weird he is, but he's he's strange. Like he'll post videos of himself like fist pumping on like a stationary bike with like some weird guy sitting next to him like outside of a russian hut somewhere while like blasting russian techno music so like and, really weird yeah. not just like standard goalie yeah weird. he posted a bit- I, need to, I need to see these videos <laughs> yeah like from i was gonna ask him to scale Connor mcdavid to brisgolov oh where would he be but it sounds like we're getting he's really close to brisgolov at that point he posted a selfie of himself on instagram a couple years back uh and it was just like him out on the ice and he took a selfie of himself and then he captioned it, hello, but typed it all out in Cyrillic lettering. So I like oh, read yes. it in a Russian, but it's not the I Russian word for hello. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just the lettering. phonetics. <laughs> when you sound it out using Cyrillic, it says hello and like it's 14 O's. And that's like, that was the whole caption. So it's a very weird guy, but like very Russian guy too. And like, Bobby Lou also weird, but a very different kind of weird, right? Like, like he's a he's little more fucking hilarious. He's yeah, he's he's funny. He's not so much weird as he is like he's the prankster. And then you've got Bobrovsky, who like I he was doing. I did you guys see? He was like he put his foot up on the ceiling on a cruise ship last summer. So he was in the splits with his foot up on the ceiling, and he was like. <laughs> Once again, fist pumping to like Russian techno. <laughs> Big fist pumping guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've I've been missing out on the on the Bob. People who don't uh, follow Bob Instagram on Instagram are like, like deeply missing out. So man, I just keep thinking about the SNL skit where they're just like, ah, uh, oh, I forget the song, but they're in the club and they're just like dancing like this. That's kind of what it's he the does. Old but like with with the fist pump too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, the, that's okay. I'm, I'm like I'm getting my phone right now. I'm looking you up. I'll find it. I'll send it to you guys. Hell yeah, um, Kat. I have one more question for you. So we've talked a lot about I guess where a lot of NHL teams are fucking up as far as goaltending goals and 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 how some people are doing well. I guess for let's say tomorrow. Let's say tomorrow I get hired as the new GM of Team X. Which will never happen, obviously. T- team X, the expansion team. <laughs> the expansion team, the 33rd Seattle. NHL franchise. <clears throat> the uh, city to be named later, Team X. The first thing I would probably do is call you and be like, I don't know anything about goaltending. What should my organization be like as far as that goes? So 
what would, in your eyes, a model NHL organization, because we're just learning here that a lot of teams don't even have goaltending scouts, which is shocking to me. Is it as simple as goalies, coaches, scouts? Or in your mind, like, what else, what other sort of goaltending infrastructure, if you will, should be in place for an NHL team? So I think it depends on who your prospects are. Uh, you, you should at the very least have an understanding of the mix of prospects that you have. So you should have your, your two starters at the NHL level. You should have two starters at the AHL level. I would argue at least one of your two AHL starters should be someone who can make the jump to the NHL potentially for an entire season without it damaging their development. So if you have two guys who are first year AHLers, like what are you doing? Um, You should have at least one guy who is ECHL bound and depending on who those guys are, like the mix of prospect versus veteran, uh, taking a look at your prospect pool. Are your guys in Europe? Are your guys in college? Are your guys CHL? Are they USHL? And I think that should be a big factor too. You know, do you have a healthy mix of players that you can technically have developing in other leagues? And so you look at like what the New York Rangers did with uh, with Igor Shosturkin. He was able to develop without getting trapped in the minors by playing in the KHL. Uh, what the Colorado Avalanche have right now, where they have Adam Werner has made his way to North America. Um, Hunter Miska shouldn't be in the NHL at any point ever, but is in the AHL with him. So that's a North American guy. And then you have uh, you have Justice Anunen playing pro in Finland, where feasibly you are not hindering his development by letting him play pro until he's ready to make the jump. And so that's that's the I don't know. That's the like. That's what your depth chart should look like. Um, if you have collegiate guys, you should probably have at least one one guy who who's capable of being signed the next year, um, just so that you don't have to rush anyone. Uh, if you only draft out of the CHL, you need to find better scouts. Um, <laughs> or have a scout. Or, have a <laughs> or just scout. have one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bar's yeah. Well or have here. a scout. Um, so so yeah, that's. That would be my my advice on that, I would say. All right. Well, I have one question. It's for everybody. Um, what's your weirdest holiday tradition? Whatever Izzy just said is my weirdest. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know, know what she's doing right now. She's she's dragging poor Richie around by her rocking horse. Oh, yeah. Also, so, hi, Richie. Yeah. Let's go he's, Rams. He's in. Tell myself that. He's unfortunately yeah, so in another we, room. We didn't. So we didn't even realize before we did this whole jump to the Hockey Podcast Network that Richie was already on yeah. the Hockey Podcast Network. I literally like, texted we, we ju- these guys ju- after, and I was like, oh, we shit, jumped into the Slack. Awesome. Yeah. We, we jumped into the Slack, and he was like, hey, what's up, guys? So his co-host, his co-host is my best friend in the whole entire world, Corey Crenshaw. Um, Corey, and she right? was yeah, so yeah. confused when Cam was like, yo, Richie, how about the Rams this year? She was like... Um, I don't know. I don't like have that many like weird traditions. All right. right, Let me, let me rephrase the question because that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, what is your favorite holiday tradition that you have? Oh, that changes the answer completely then. Well, I I would like to hear, I would like to hear both upcoming holidays, not just like any holiday, right? Uh, well, yeah, like in the months of, November, the holiday January, season. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, that still just changes my answer completely. Well, my, answer both. Okay, so the strange thing... I'll give Cam time to think, or I'll just cut him off, because I love to do that. Um, uh, the strangest one isn't doesn't sound strange at first. It's a uh, it's a <laughs> it's a Christmas Eve party at my aunt's house every year, which we're not doing this year, of course. And I think we all needed a fucking break from this shit, because uh, my mom's side of the family is a hundred percent Italian, and I am fifty percent Italian. There's a lot of people who are fifty percent Italian, and we just like accept the fact that like our fiery Italian like side of our family is just going to be. Just going to be clashes everywhere. So, <laughs> or or just Adult people getting hammered. Wedding. So it's like it's like there's drunk people. Only seven the, deaths. It's a it's light for a Dothraki. A mild affair. Each other. And then there's just like like my dad because my <laughs> my mom's family's like centered around four sisters, one of which is my mom. So all of like the husbands <laughs> and like outlaws of the family are just like, oh my god, we gotta like deal with this. <laughs> so that's the strangest one, just because a lot of strange shit happens. Uh, I don't know what my favorite is, but it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> Drew jumps on for the first time in like 40 minutes to offer a three-minute not answer to the question. <laughs> I answered no, the initial I, question. I said I, I will accept an answer to either question or both. Fine, yeah. Cat or um, Cam, who's ready? Ah, God. I don't know. I guess I'll jump in. I mean, my favorite, like, in general holiday tradition, I guess, is like Thanksgiving. I usually, like, my whole giant mom side of the family usually goes over to my grandmother's and like just a really cool opportunity you know i kind of took it for granted as a kid i'm sure but like as an adult now like i definitely like recognize how rare it is to see you know a lot of them i haven't seen since last thanksgiving and didn't see them this year because of covid and stuff so um probably that as far as any holiday goes as far as like december like holiday season ones i don't i don't know i just usually keep it kind of low-key so i don't think i have anything particularly weird like you know what I mean? We, like, used to leave, like, cookies out for Santa Claus, which was, like, fun, and now it's better because I just eat them for my little brother, like, when he puts them out, so, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, cool, whoa, 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 I mean, like, you. <laughs> yeah, yo, <laughs> yo, dude, for imagine I just ruined Santa for my younger brother, like, <laughs> no, he, for Izzy, no, no, if my, I mean, if he's listening to this podcast, then he's got so many bigger problems than that, so it's fine, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it, uh, I'm I'm in kind of a we're we're kind of a unique situation. So my my dad is Jewish. Um he's from Chicago. His parents moved to Georgia when he was younger. Um and then obviously I'm from Baltimore. Uh my parents then now live in Houston, so none of my dad's family is anywhere near him. Um and then on my mom's side, I'm the first American in her family, so there's definitely no family by her. Um, and, like, neither of her siblings had kids. Uh, so her brother now lives in the U.S. He lives in West Virginia with his wife. They they don't really do much for the holidays. Her sister lives in Germany, so we definitely don't get to do stuff with her for the holidays. Um, and when we do, it's, like, once every four or five years. Uh, and then her Canadian family, we get to see... I'd say we used to get to see them more often um, before you needed a passport to travel between the two countries. Um, It's made it a little harder now. So between being like a bi-religious family um, and being sort of really, it was just our family growing up, um, not a ton of traditions. Um, 
we just kind of kept it a little low key, um, depending on who was there each year. If we had family visiting, we kind of changed what our holiday plans were like. So we didn't really establish any like year to year consistency of any kind. Um, sort of going along with the parental abuse theme from the start of this. No, no Christmas <laughs> traditions here. Um, the, the one cool one. No that, children were harmed in making this podcast. Right? Now, the one cool one is uh, my dad went to Georgia Tech, um, discovered Christmas trees when he joined a fraternity, never looked back. Dude doesn't celebrate. That's a celebrate. weird way to discover Christmas trees. <laughs> right, right. His, his, his fraternity would like, like once he got to college, like they learned about like all the fun stuff you can do around Christmas. And he was like, this is the best holiday ever. So he never looked back. He doesn't do Hanukkah, doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, and so he loves Christmas trees. He thinks they're the best. And so our family Christmas tree each year, my parents buy everyone in the family a Christmas ornament that either is based on something that they really like um, or something notable that they did that year. So like when I got my first uh, full, like That's my really first cool. full-time gig with The Athletic, uh, I got a typewriter little ornament um oh hell yeah well, and so this year i that's i got one cool. with is she got a paw patrol one last year because that's super indicative <laughs> that's that's a momentous <laughs> thing in her life um <laughs> but so this year she and i i got a little running shoe ornament for like the two of us because i she ran her first race with me um and so she she's officially done a two miler um she's done a mile run and so I Damn, I got her. Me look like shit. <laughs> yeah, I actually got I got yelled at by my mom because she ran two miles with me uh, last Wednesday to look at holiday lights, and at the end she stopped and she went, oh, "My hip is so sore," and very clearly like mocking me. But my mom was like, "Little bodies can't handle that distance." So, <laughs> so I got yelled at for like pushing my kid too hard, like some sort of cross country Nazi. Um, and so. <laughs> So she got a she got a running shoe ornament to share the with oppressor me. over here, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling on myself all over the place here, but but yeah. So the Christmas ornaments are kind of cool, but uh, those are even those like for the last couple years, it's been hit or miss as to like who my mom remembers to buy an ornament for. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, that's that's about as as cool as it gets um, for us. We that's a cool tradition though. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's a lot more personal than, like, I think most, so. Yeah. 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 Chris, what you got? Um, so I, I'm going to bring the mood real down right now. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so over, over my childhood, like, my favorite traditions were uh, one, opening one present on Christmas Eve was always, like, a fun one. Um, that, that came from my mom's family. Um don't do that as much anymore because you know it's not like i don't know i'm, I'm not as excited about presents I, I i get really excited about giving presents like not to be super cheesy but i, I love like giving the gift to people of more than giving I, like, we should be closer getting, friends because i love receiving presents <laughs> <laughs> yeah chris feel free to send me presents <laughs> right. hey well make like true's um, dad <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not giving y'all presents this year but uh i do have your addresses <laughs> okay, well, cam, cam and drew 
uh cat f- feel free to uh if you want a christmas card this year feel free to drop your address in the chat um you do know that if you give yeah, me your return address like next time i'm in san diego i'm dropping is on your door and leaving so there's <laughs> 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 a word of caution there <laughs> it's okay the dogs can take care of her um yeah so i early yeah and i guess the the other the other one was going to my my grandparents house on christmas morning um i no longer have grandparents so uh that especially was like a huge attraction for like all of my extended family to come into town and that's not really a thing anymore so over the past several years it's just been me and my parents and this year uh it's just gonna be me and my roommate in san diego um because i'm not going home for the first time ever uh and that's a little bit sad but also i'm really excited not to kill my parents yeah um (laughs) uh and and i think uh as soon as the vaccines come out i'm gonna take like a month off and go do a whole like east coast thing um bruins live let's go that's that's (laughs) for us really really that's when Um, we get canceled (laughs) but okay so the the weird the weirdest okay let's go let's go with weirdest and favorite of now um the weirdest tradition is my uh hello (laughs) just so you guys saw that Izzy's leading richie around by a by a resistance band by the way (laughs) he's a saint by the way if you guys get to plug his his podcast uh he deserves all the praise in the world because this is this is a mess What's the name of the Coyotes podcast? Nice. It's Sporty with Corey Pl- and plug the... Suave. All right. They can yeah, listen to that. Suave. Um, okay, so let's let's start with my favorite current holiday tradition is um, my best friends from, I don't know, calling from high school, from childhood, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Uh, we always meet up in some city for New Year's Eve, and it's been uh buffalo providence boston like uh, just like weird cities that like around the east coast um and that kind of dovetails uh, the opposite of dovetails it uh my parents always throw a new year's day party and that's the weirdest tradition and i never realized that was weird uh until i got older and realized that everyone is hungover on New Year's Day, and why would people show up at my parents' house? I just realized, uh, I, when you said New Year's Day, I was thinking the day of New Year's Eve, and I was like, that is kind of weird that they'd have it yeah. like before everyone goes out for New Year's Eve, but you mean the following no. day. It's a federal holiday, which I guess makes sense what? to like have people over. No. Th- this has been going on. This has been going on since I was like four years old. This is like every year all of my parents' best friends come to the house. Like, they used to send out invites for it. They no longer send out invites. They just, like, people just show, show up. up. Um, wow. Th- this, year, this year, my parents sent out uh, Christmas cards about- saying, don't come to the house because it's a pandemic. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's so wild. So, like, over the past, I don't know, since I turned 21, like, we've been doing the New Year's Eve somewhere. It's been me trying to peel myself out of bed to like greet a bunch of like 50 to 70 year old people like uh, jesus that sounds terrible like no disrespect to <laughs> yeah. your parents 
the Coyotes held practice on New Year's Day last year. And I, <laughs> yeah. And wow. I, I was the Damn, only person cool. from the media who showed up. It was me. It was their head of PR. It was their second in command of PR. And that was it. And PR was there wow. to smooth out yeah, whatever was happening I'd, with the hangover. I tried, tried to be kind of casual uh, at the New Year's celebration. I had it. Corey from Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave um, at her house with her, her, her boyfriend. Um, I went to their house, got blitzed. Um, my sweet child was with her father for the night. Um, she was not drinking. Um, to clarify, your child was not drinking. <laughs> just a... But I was wearing like skinny jeans and like. I don't think that t-shirt. needed to be clarified. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. But so I was like, I wasn't super dressed up, but I was wearing like heeled boots, I think. And so I showed up the next morning to practice after sleeping on Corey's bedroom floor, um, wearing the same outfit I'd worn the night before and her boyfriend's hockey sweatshirt because he played travel around around here and so i was wearing i looked like like a sorority girl leaving a party um and and then i was and i figured i'd hide behind everyone else who showed up for practice and i was the only one who managed to make it and everyone else texted me when i was on the way there and said hey will i see you at practice i said yes they were like cool actually i'm not going can you get x for me can you get y for me so i had to talk to the head coach alone hungover i had to talk to the players alone hungover it was awful so like no disrespect to chris's parents but that's terrorism that's awful (laughs) (laughs) that's like a borderline war crime for being honest (laughs) when he said that though that did remind me the weirdest tradition my my family has uh they have good friends who host a big christmas eve party um, and instead of doing something like wholesome with our family on Christmas Eve, we would always go to this other family's house, hang out with like 50 other families. Um, as everyone started to get older and like had kids, uh, like I brought my child with me to it. We all started drinking there when we were in high school, like the one place you could get drunk as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so last year. Chris walking back <laughs> Chris walked back in at the worst moment. The one uh, place you can get drunk as a child. <laughs> Bruce and Bruins podcast. So Bruce anyways, and Bruins, the one place you can I get drunk as a child. That us over the edge, folks. <laughs> Jesus. So, so I ran cross country elementary, middle, and high school. Uh, and one of the girls I ran cross country with still lives around there. She and I had gone running a couple times. She wanted to meet Izzy, see, you know, meet my daughter. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring her to the Christmas Eve party. I'll see you there. And I told my parents, I was like, oh, you know, Kelly Trevino is going to be there. I'm super excited. She wants to meet Iz. And my mom goes, we actually weren't invited this year. So we're like, and I said, (laughs) I was like, well, Kelly told me we'll be there. And she didn't act like there was anything wrong. And my mom was like, I don't know what we did, but like we didn't get the invite. And so the next day, Kelly was like, I missed you there. I was like, oh, so awkward. We weren't invited. Um. She's like, that's so weird. Everybody was asking where you guys were. And so we asked my dad, we were like, why would everybody be asking where we were if we weren't invited? And so he called the guy who hosts the party to see what was going on. My dad missed the email. He didn't check his email. So he assumed they hadn't been invited. So we completely dipped out. And 
this year's it. COVID. This year's COVID. Their kids are out of the house now. This family that hosts it, so they're selling their house and RVing around the country. So this is the last year we could have gone, and there's COVID. So like oh, no. we missed out on the last Christmas Eve party because my dad forgot to check his email. You know, so. I, I am a firm believer in never calling last runs because. Ooh, it's just never yes, worth it. Can. You, just, you just end yes. it. So you know what? Yeah. Think of it that way. You just you lived it up while you can. You didn't have to deal with like this <laughs> last time bullshit. You know. So we didn't know. Yeah. We figured that this year would be the last one, and then COVID hit. So, but yeah. So so that ruined our our one weird tradition, which is instead of sitting around with the family and like leaving stuff out for Santa, we went and drank like very large glasses of wine with with our eight hundred closest friends at somebody's house. So. <laughs> Not to continue this too much, but I <laughs> forgot like a very, very favorite uh, Christmas Eve tradition is instead of hanging out with my family or anything, uh, there's one bar in Amherst, Massachusetts that's open on Christmas Eve, uh, and it is a wonderful craft bar called uh, craft beer bar called the Monin Dove, and they have free peanuts and a bunch of board games and it's very dim lighting and they play records um and just my all my high school friends and i we just uh, after our parents go to sleep we go out to the bar have a couple of beers um chat about whatever's going on in our lives uh and uh that's uh, made our parents mad for many many years as someone who worked at tgi friday's through and after college uh, as a bartender, which meant that I worked on Christmas Eve at a bar, you're a monster. <laughs> okay, well, so the, th- the thing is, the the bartenders work there no matter what. Like, there are people at the bar. If nobody shows like, they're up, gonna be we there. used to close and go home. Well, so there are people there, so like we're not so the only not ones the only like monster. keeping the you're bar not the only open. Monsters. That's fair. Um, That's fair. But but also we like they know us, like they they know who we are, like they know we're the assholes coming in on Christmas Eve, keeping them from <laughs> keeping them from lighting the fire with their own children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're the we're the um, one. They know <laughs> who the assholes are. All right. Okay. He got me. He did everything right. You guys hearing this? Is this coming through on the audio? Oh, yeah, it's coming through. (laughs) How many games he does, that's how many stickers he gets. (laughs) 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 This kind of incentive system, I think, would work really well in the NHL, if you ask me. Yeah, it's stickers in the NHL, you know? How many games you win, that's how many stickers you get. I mean... That's pretty much what Ohio State does, right? I'm pretty sure that's how that works. They get the Buckeye stickers, that's, uh... Yeah. (laughs) Seems to work for them, I don't know. They've got their shit figured out. On that note. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, Kat, we've kept you, uh, well beyond... Just objectively too long. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, uh, we... We we've had you on for a full episode that didn't get released. We've had you on for an episode where you had to cover for me. Um, thank you so much for <laughs> indulging us again. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's always more smart hockey talk on any podcast that you're on than uh, every other podcast we record combined. Um, no no offense to our other guests. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's fun. Uh, I don't know if Richie feels the same right now, but he will. <laughs> he will. 
but don't don't think uh, that I didn't hear you say on the jackets debrief that you had a verbal agreement with us to come on yep. every month. So um, I believe <laughs> I said around every month or so. I think that's the, that's, that's <laughs> it's the vague language. That's on you for for not clarifying further. We're taking you, the you also invented <laughs> that. Like we we didn't. <laughs> We didn't make that agreement. You said that, but I think that's a verbal contract. So <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> we'll talk to our lawyer, uh, BSC. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, the Blue Jackets podcast is our promo this week. Nice. Is it? Uh, it's it's a good podcast. I really <laughs> we throw it right at the end, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. No, they are though. They are. I blame Kit. So he asked know. me if I could come on more regularly, and I said yes. See, I did yeah. think it was Cam who, it was who did Cam. something. With it that. was Cam. I didn't yeah. just make it Way up on go. the spot. I did. I did. <laughs> I did talk to him. So people don't. I think, think that I was kind of just like, a, "Hey, on. you want to just replace me?" <laughs> I, confront, I confronted Cam about that. Not in like a we we should stop asking Cat to come on the podcast way. More like a I did. I didn't do this while I was drunk, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, Cat. I mean you pretty much have the open invitation to come on and or take over this podcast at any point you'd like to next so, time yeah, the video like is going to pop on and it's going to be izzy sitting here <laughs> there so. you go <laughs> excellent excellent but uh yeah right, thank well, you for elevating uh, the level of this program far beyond any one of us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, could, so, yeah that that is episode 42 season two episode two in the books of Drinkable Podcast, you can taste Bruce and Bruins, <laughs> a hockey the hockey network podcast network podcast, <laughs> podcast <laughs> presented <laughs> by Bruins Diehards. Oh yeah, fuck, we didn't we didn't even think of a song to sing out, but that works too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys singing my song. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a banger. It's a banger. Like if that ever came out of the bar, I'd be like, I'd be like Sergey Bobrovsky just been pumping my fucking shit away. I want to put it on Spotify or whatever so we can have it on the Put it on the bar. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down three nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.